Holman, there is so much to get to this show. It's breaking news time here on the Truck Show Podcast. No, no, no. Wrong show. No? Not wrong, show? wrong show. No. <laughs> no, this is the Everybody's Driving to SEMA This Morning show. So we're going to make it four hours. Mm-hmm. That way, all of our listeners in Southern California who are driving to Vegas can have the entire show on their entire drive. And the rest of you will have to suffer. So uh, I wonder if I'll listen to the show Monday on my way just because I'm bored. Is it weird to listen to yourself? I do it every week at 2x. I try not to miss anything. No, no, that no. Do you do it in your Jeep during your free time? No, I'm not listening to us three times or four times. I listen to us when we did it. I listen to it when you edit it. I listen to it when you have to re-edit it. And then I'm not listening to it again after that. So it's weird. Every once in a while, I'll pick a random show and I'll listen to the first one. And be reminded how bad we are. And sometimes I go, that was actually kind of good. No, no, No. just the opposite. No, what was good was... Mike Spagnola last week. It was great. That was one of our best episodes of the year by I far. I think I had a really good time with the uh, with the president. Yeah, that was awesome. I'm glad he uh, he came all the way down. And uh, honestly, I think there were a bunch of uh, topics that I didn't even think we would cover that I would hope everybody was interested in. So I think we embarrassed him with this uh, theme. I think he liked it. Did you? So uh, <laughs> listen, if you guys heard the uh, the SEMA Prez episode last week, I guess, what was that, 42 or something like that? Hit us up, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. I'm curious if you guys like that sort of uh, industry insider type talk, because there's a lot of things. We covered the future and EVs and pain points. There's just so much stuff. We could spend another three hours with him. Oh, we will. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's yeah, coming we back. Yeah, yeah but we will. we'll wait till after after SEMA. Okay, we got a lot of business to get to really quick. So we are going to be at the EGR booth at SEMA. That is dead center at West Hall. If you are lucky enough to be at the SEMA show this coming week, I guess it's this week as you're listening to this. It starts Tuesday and runs through Friday. Friday's open to the public. We'll be at the EGR booth Thursday, November second. That will be at the EGR booth from. Oh, are we doing four to five? Is that what we're doing? Uh, two to four. But, two to four. But, but good guess. <laughs> two, to, two to four at the I'm EGR glad, booth. I'm glad you're uh, right on top of our schedule for SEMA. I was having beers in one of the other booths, and I just wandered over, and you're, you're doing mid-show. I was mid-show. already doing the show. Exactly. Booth 57103. That's 57103. Almost dead center in the West Hall. Why is the West Hall important? It's all truck stuff. All truck stuff. Trucks. All right, so hopefully there are uh, some of you who are listening Monday or Tuesday morning who are looking for something to do at, at SEMA. So as you know, SEMA Education uh, and SEMA as an organization puts on a ton of seminars. Um, I'm actually hosting a panel. All of them? Huh? <laughs> all of them? You're hosting all of them? No, no, no. Because uh, last year and the year before, you were doing like I did eight f- per day. I did it was five, ridiculous. I think I did five one year and four. I'm only doing one this year. Oh. So they're they're weaning me off of the, uh, the <laughs> SEMA teat, if you will, okay. I guess. Uh, but if you're looking for a pretty interesting session, um, the Truck and Off-Road Alliance, or TORA, has, Wait, Toro, like the sprinkler company? I uh, would be Toro, and no, it has nothing to do with SEMA. So we're doing a truck and off-road builders panel with a number of leading shops from the country, and we're going to be talking about this. Actually, an hour scheduled for an hour, so 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. on Halloween, so Tuesday the 31st in room N258. They're never going to remember that. That's N258. If you're going to SEMA, you will. Okay. So you can go and look up. uh, SEMA has all of the different uh, speaker stuff. Anyway, the important thing to remember, 11 o'clock on Tuesday, and we're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff from a shop uh, owner and builder's point of view. Vintage vehicles, CRM systems, challenges, regulation, what the next hottest platform is going to be, what trends they're seeing, and you guys are going to get to talk to and ask questions of these premier shops, and I'll be moderating that, and it'll be pretty cool. 
And if you're looking for your boy Lightning, he will be in the Amsoil booth with Lockjaw. That's almost dead center of Central Hall. So Amsoil booth, I will be there with Gail Banks. He's doing some autograph signings, two sessions on Tuesday and one smack dab in the middle of Wednesday. We will have Lockjaw. I got an interesting story about Lockjaw. You'll enjoy this because I know you well, love uh, when Lockjaw pain? Is, is, you love pain. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. But before you get there, uh, you know who else will be in the Amsoil booth? Scott Birdsall. I think he's on uh, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, so... So be there with the... Uh, he's, there, he's there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I believe. Okay, so he's bringing his Bonneville Toyota truck. So if you want to see our buddy Scott Birdsall. So here's the thing. If you're going to SEMA and you want to uh, give love to the Truck Show Podcast, Scott literally just put up on his Instagram, hey, come by and give me a high five. And I put, I'll be there for my hug. I want all of our listeners to try to, to give him a to hug. To try and hug Scott Birdsall <laughs> and really creepily in his ear say, The Truck Show Podcast sent me. Because I think he'll love it. Or he won't. I don't <laughs> think he's going to be cool with people. I just think it would randos be. Randos hugging. Oh, him. yeah. It's going to be awesome. So let him know the Truck Show Podcast <gasps> sent you Dude, there for a hug. A Truck Show Podcast t shirt to you if you give him a, a reach around and just do a little squeezy, no. squeezy on the bun. <laughs> I think that would, uh, I think somebody would get a hospital visit <laughs> if, if that were the case. Yeah. So. so all right, this is uh, this will be funny for you. Okay, I'm laughing oh, on the inside. Lockjaw was in the Amsoil booth a couple of years two ago. Two years ago, yeah. Two years ago, yep. right. We had to push it in. Yep. Because we just weren't done with it. It was right. like every TV show build you've ever seen where we raced it Right, in, then you did that thing where you in. finally got it running after SEMA. We got it running. And then right. you revved it and blew a keyway out and tanked the motor. Yep, so if you remember that episode, I confessed to hurting the engine. Right. So then we reinforced it. Like Mike Keegan, our engine builder, just incredible job. Just that, it, it's, a, it's a bulletproof engine. We fueled it up. Jeff Lee in engineering, our calibrator, gets all the MoTeC tuning dialed in. Everything's ready to go. Let me guess. He's about ready to fire it. It's bulletproof, but not lightning proof? No, I'm not even near it at this point. Oh, wow. They wouldn't even it. let you. Were there locked doors between you and the vehicle? So it started a couple times, and I'm in my office. And you can hear it. Oh, my God, yeah. you can hear it. Through it's the walls, it vibrates. It's not quiet. Seat. It is not quiet. Right. Yes, it is, it's a straight-piped V8, right? It does not sound like a diesel With a supercharger engine. on it. It whines and it's angry and it it's raspy. Sounds and it's like you could be my co-host. It's me, right? Okay, right. It's it's, it's me. It's also broken. It, it <laughs> <laughs> the wait, air, wait, wait, drum roll. So the air motive low pressure fuel pump that's in the fuel cell uh-huh. starts making some interesting noise and then it starts vibrating oh. and we go, oh, that's interesting. What's going on here? Okay, we thought we had a uh, maybe a loose ground. It was just. We spent half a day trying to figure it out. Okay. I call up Air Motive. I plead with them. They have one on the shelf, ready to go. It's a gorgeous billet aluminum. That you'll I never mean, see because it's inside the tank? You can see the top of it. Okay. It pokes out a couple of inches. It's just, it's a work of art. Like they. So it's one of the top load ones. And we, so we have no idea how or why it died. We're like, this is super weird. The Air Motive stuff. It has been just wonderful. Everything we have yeah, in our dinosaurs, really, really top fuel cars yep. all run all air motive, right? Yep. Okay. They overnight one. I get it at 10 o'clock the next morning. I think I over, I, I called them right before FedEx. They got over UPS. I got it. We put it in. The new one's working, but there's a strange vibration Still. in the fuel line. It's like, this oh. is weird. We're not getting full fuel pressure. So like, is what's it happening? So we sucking pull. up the foam and the... In the baffles, you have... There's no foam in there. Okay. There's no baffling in there. Nope. It's not that exotic of a tank. Okay. Just this beautiful aluminum tank. We pull it back out. 
They stick a flashlight down in it, and we see metal filings in the fuel at the bottom of the tank. Does it have a return? Yes. So when you blew up the engine the first time, no. the return sent metal down to the no. tank? No. We ran it uh, a lot after we hurt the engine, okay. and it was fine. How did metal get in the tank? We think that someone was grinding metal near the tank when the truck was undergoing some fabrication. We're not sure. Oh, We're I not see. pointing fingers you, yet. You said that super, super politically uh, because you don't want our friend over at uh, Empire Fab, Sean Ramage, to uh, be mad at you for blaming him for blowing up Lockjaw. I've already had a phone conversation. <laughs> he and I have already spoken, and I'm not saying- But that how it, did it get in, though? We don't know, and he doesn't know. He says- If it was sealed- Listen, it, he says he took the fuel cell out. Yeah. It, they never took the cap off, yep. which is a locking cap. Yep. They they took it out. They put it up on the shelf, and yep. they worked on the chassis, and they did what they had to do. Well, did they put uh, tape a, over the lines and they stuff? They said they did. Okay. There is a lot of metal. So the 10 micron Aeromotive fuel filter caught some of the bigger stuff, but I said, did it make it all the way to so the high-pressure like fuel metal pump? dust. Metal dust. Ooh. It literally is metal dust. And so- That doesn't make me happy, So by Mike the uh, dropped a couple lines- up by the high-pressure fuel pump, okay. close to the engine, yeah. and he poured them into a little can, and we put a, a red, like a safety towel type, or a yeah. red like hand towel at the bottom. So that would catch it so all. It, so you could see yeah. the, like like you're panning for gold. Right. Like you want a contrast color, and you could see it at the bottom, like little specks of gold dust. It's through the entire fuel system. Oof. So it's basically like a uh, Bosch CP4 exploding on a Ram or a... Gladiator or Super Duty? No. This is, luckily, the Aeromotive filter caught, we think, the big stuff, but there's fine metal dust everywhere, so what? we're not, not going to run it. There's so here we are right again. Now, yeah. Second time, Lockjaw will be at SEMA being pushed into the Amazon. By you. By me. Yeah, by me. And it's not that I was thrilled to like drive it in, which is nice, but I wanted the freaking power steering. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, dr moving that damn truck around with a Duramax in it, it's heavy, with no power steering, blows. And it was really disheartening. I feel bad for some of the guys at work that have poured hours into it the last like three, four, five weeks getting it ready. Yeah. It's all new. That's... Everything is repowder coated. Everything oh, is beautiful. Sucks. And it will run. It it will run. But you have it to do a lot of cleaning. Now. Yeah. So Mike is prepared. To, you got to pull the supercharger off, then the intercooler. Yeah. And, and diesel's oily, so it traps all that stuff. So you got to get to the yeah. high-pressure fuel pump, and then we have to take the injectors out. We got to send the injectors yep. to SNS to be cleaned yep. and honed if they need to be, if there's you know, crud in those. So it's going to be a couple of weeks after SEMA that we finally can get this thing up and running. Months? It's possible. And my Years. fear, my fear is that we're going to get it back from SEMA and Gail will go right in the corner. Gail will say, let's put it next to Sean's F100 <laughs> and then it will sit uh, under a cover. I almost forgot forever. about that. Yeah. Almost. So dude, not to bring everyone down, but like I'm, it's so gorgeous. When you see Lockjaw, if you're lucky enough to be at Does SEMA. Does it still have those ugly wheels on it? Well, right now, no. It's actually got some black rhinos that look oh, like... Oh, those are the even worse. Well, those are the rollers. No, I know, but those, those are, are just rollers. Yeah. I know what wheels those don't, are. Don't talk smack <laughs> on my, my black rhino. But like, well, the, no, you haven't seen the ones that are on the rollers. They're not like military. The, the ones that are on oh. it are not. They're just regular kind of like standard black rhino wheels. That are, the, they're all flat black. But the stuff. same wheels from the last time at SEMA. We are doing the the, uh, the Chromie Homie 22s. Yeah, yeah, solid billet. 
Yeah. But no, they solid, solid billet? No, the ones that were at had like a, a shark tooth yeah, to it. Billet. When I say solid, I mean they were well, started when as When you tell me blocks. solid, it looks like a steely, which is okay, way sorry. way ratter not, than not 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 solid. They right. started as solid blocks and now they're yeah, ugly. They're billet. I I think people It just doesn't match the truck. I think they're so different that yeah. it comes full circle yeah, for sure. I think that's a that's a great excuse. Really? Yeah. I, I love that truck. I don't I don't love that part of it. I just think the wheels I are love so them. they're off. so they're so modern looking and they yeah. just they, they match the engine and everything else. It's rad. So listen, SEMA is open to the public. I know if you're hearing this and you can't get there, you're like, stop talking about the SEMA show. It's a big deal for us. I apologize. Big deal for the industry. But it's a big Why deal for the industry. Why are you apologizing? Because I it's know that SEMA. a lot of our listeners no. just can't go. No, stop. They want to hear all about it because they can't be there. Okay, well, we're going to bring it to you. We're going to bring it to you. We got parties lined up. We're going to be all over the place. I'm yep. going to the Catskin party, by the way. We're going to check in with Miles, uh, who is the creative director at Catskin. And if you're not familiar with Catskin, they make some of the most beautiful, dare I say, seat covers, but leather interiors. If you are unhappy with your crappy cloth interior or you got a leather interior that's dying, look at Catskin, K-A-T-Z-I-N. We'll talk to Miles that's shortly. Catskin.com. Yeah, so we're going to be hanging out at their Halloween party Tuesday night over the penthouse. And then um, I think we're doing the, you and I are going to hit the Expel party. We're doing the Roadster Shop party. So there's a lot going on in, uh, in Vegas that we're really pumped about. All right, so uh, before we uh, continue the show, we got to thank Nissan, our presenting sponsor, because Nissan helps bring the show to you every single day without fail, just like the way their awesome Frontier and Titan and Titan XT will start up for you every morning with their reliable, durable, dependable, amazingly built, high-quality trucks built right here in the USA. I almost couldn't contain myself. I almost jumped I, you, on you. you. I tried. I, I tried. You I went tried. And I, I stopped myself. We have what I think is... One of the nicest Pro 4X builds at Banks right now. Nice. We brought him in for pedal monster testing so we could get reverse safety yep. active. Um, turns out it was no sweat. We had it in and out in 10 minutes, but we decided to keep the truck a week just because it looked rad <laughs> in the shop. And Where are the posts? Dude, I'm telling you. Where are the posts? Take a picture I, of it. They're coming. Okay. They're coming. Dude, it's got this gorgeous, I think it's called Baja Storm Metallic. It's, yep. the, it's the kind of like sand tan color. It just offset with the roof rack. He's got a great bed rack, right lift kit. Like the whole, it is just, it's ex, it's perfect. I it's must know more about this truck. Exactly. I'll post a picture of All it right. because when it pulled in, it was just like, wow, this guy built it exactly how it should have been built. And a shout out to Forbidden Fantasy. Apparently he's a truck club member because it's a big old sticker on the back. So what you're saying is you can uh, get your own at your local Nissan dealer or head over to NissanUSA.com where you can build and price the Nissan Frontier. With its uh, awesome styling, starts at twenty nine seven seventy, and while most of the competition has switched over to turbo fours, the Nissan gives you a dual overhead cam V six with three hundred ten horsepower, two hundred eighty one pound feet of torque, backed by a nine speed automatic, and max towing comes in at six thousand six hundred forty pounds, which that's a pretty good sized trailer. Get yours today at your local Nissan dealer, or check them out at nissanusa.com. And a question that I hear quite often is, Lightning, how can I increase my fuel economy? Because doesn't seem like diesel is coming down anytime soon and you're getting hammered. The only way to really increase your fuel economy is to decrease the restrictions in the intake system and decrease the back pressure in the exhaust system. The way that you do that is by getting rid of all of that corrugated looking crap and, and, and hoses that are restrictive and go to a ram air intake. Gail Banks and the team at Banks Power spend hundreds and hundreds of hours modeling intake systems, testing them on the flow bench, testing them on the dyno, testing them in the truck. 
The result is increased air mass, which means your turbo doesn't have to work harder. And when your turbo doesn't have to work harder, that's more power that you can get to the ground. Shop for your Ram air intake at bankspower.com. And if you're someone that actually uses your truck, like overloaded, high center of gravity, hitching up big ass trailers, then you're going to want to go to hellwigproducts.com where you can check out their sway bars and helper springs. And they'll uh, eliminate the saggy bottoms that you may be experiencing from overloading the back of that. I know every truck looks like whatever you can fit into that bed should go. But that's not always the case. That defies physics. Hellwig is a fourth generation family business that's been manufacturing in the USA since 1946. So, so if you're looking for a product that will make your truck handle and control loads better, Hellwig Products is where you want to go. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The Truck Show. The Truck Show, the Truck Show, oh, 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 Thank God Miles is not on the phone to hear you sing. No, we have to actually call him and find out if he's going to answer, since apparently you've known him for like 20 years and never once invited him on the Truck Show podcast. It's funny, because I see him him every year at SEMA. No, it's even worse. We've literally sat in the studio and talked about Catskin products. Literally, we have had that conversation. Not once did you go, oh, I should call Miles. I wonder how many people I know in the industry that would be fascinating interviews, and yet you just don't I even... haven't booked them. Yeah, if you know Lightning and you're like, hey, dude, uh, why am I not on your stupid podcast? What's up? Just send him a note. He does, he's not thinking about you. No, apparently I'm not. All right, can we, uh, without further delay, since we've delayed six years having him on the show, can we give him a call? All right, let's dial Mr. Miles Hubbard of Caskin. Hello. Mr. Miles Hubbard, Lightning and Holman Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? <laughs> Are you juggling a cat while doing the dishes? What's, What's going, going on over there? there? <laughs> Just having a little air, so now I'm back. Uh, I think he was installing uh, seat covers. I doubt. Yeah, those were the hog, those were the hog ring pliers going through the hog rings. I don't think so. I think he has people for that now. Oh, does he? Yes. What's it like I, to I have people? Twenty twenty years of cats. Can you give me something like that? Yeah, All right. Absolutely. He's got some juice. Hey, uh, real quick, we've got an intro to play, so don't move, Miles. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights. Ears, bells, and your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money? And then you wanna come back. I know it's been a long time since I've said this, Holman, but the wife is super digging catskin leather. I think you said that last week. No, I didn't. Not about catskin, but about the the last company. No, we haven't done parts department in maybe like four or five episodes. Oh, okay. So it's been it's been a minute. I I want Miles to feel like we did something special for him. We did. It's been four or five episodes. I I feel special. Thank you. (laughs) You are. So, Miles, how long have you and I known each other? I feel, not to date us, but I feel like it's been close to 20 years. At least a decade. it's been about 20 years. Yes, it's been about, I'm going to say, 18 years. And you know what? Actually, don't forget, I'm also Southern California born and raised, so... 
like I've known you my whole life listening to Carol Keep it so. He's got a better radio voice than you do. He does. <laughs> oh, dude, we, I, I'm kind of bummed. I'm kind of bummed that we're not interviewing him in person because I always catch up with him at the uh, at the party that they throw at the SEMA show or at the yep. booth or at various festivities. His voice is just like it's not baritone, but it's just he's it's definitely awesome. not DJ Tweeter. That's no, for sure. he's not DJ yeah, Tweeter. I do have a face for radio, unfortunately. So, well, that's we got faces for podcasts. We couldn't yes. even get on radio. You know, in fact, Lightning's face was so bad they kicked him out of radio and put him on podcasting. Stop, stop, stop! No, I I knew it was bad, and I uh, I took myself you took yourself out of the game, out, out of the game. Got exactly. It. Got it. Hey, so Miles, I couldn't no, believe no. the other day that when you and I were chatting online. And, and by the way, not a dating forum. It was just he and I like trading uh-huh. emails. Exactly. Sure, sure it was. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. We, we found each other. You, sw- you swiped right on the uh, email? Yeah. Well, it was on a, on a leather forum. very well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that we've done over 300 episodes and have not interviewed you or one of your team members. And, and by the way, Cat's Kid is like the best in the game. I mean, I was just at America's Most Wanted 4x4. At their factory out in Michigan, they're using your stuff. I used your stuff back yes, in the day when are. I had a trucking magazine. You go to uh, the Jeep dealer and you get the uh, Mopar upgraded leather. It's catskin. Dude, I had I mean, catskin in my Mini Cooper. I had catskin in my in my lifted Silverado. I had catskin in my Toyota truck. I had catskin on. Uh, listen, I if, could if go you on. go, my God, yeah, this is amazing. If you go into your vehicle and you can't tell whether that fabric leather vinyl plasticish stuff that your seat is wrapped in is leather or not Naga then you need to go get some casket because they got real real leather genuine leather genuine Top leather grade. so we need to rewind the clock a little bit and talk about how cat skin kind of came to be i think you need to give us the uh the the screenshot so to speak sure i'll give you the that was the oh, way back. Wow. <laughs> Perfect. Miles, imagine the uh, if this well, was a was video podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and everything yeah. just got real foggy. It, it, it looked like a glamour shots uh, photo shoot. And that's where we are now. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, it was back in 1983. Cats and his sister, Leslie, founded Cats. And they were making leather desk accessories. Now, Mitch and his sister were kin. And their last name was Cats. So they went with Cats kin. <laughs> Then people, people always ask, what's with the name? Mitch Katz and his sister, Leslie. That's where it's from. And <laughs> she didn't really see the business going anywhere, so he bought her out of the company for $1,500. But no, no, oh, 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 smart, oh, smart business oh, move no, there. No, no. <laughs> Clearly a, uh, oh, a family Thank business. You. that. Uh, so what's Christmas yeah. and Thanksgiving like at their, at their uh, <laughs> dinner table? <Can> <laughs> Every time she sees a cat skin ad, she hears. <laughs> uh, I thought it was just that drop bow myself. Yeah, and there's and there's love. You know why can't you be more like your brother? <laughs> Ouch. So he he then runs with the business, and, and what is he right, doing at that point? He's just doing leather accessories, okay, and you know, selling them to places like Sky Mall, things like that, but. He started selling just raw leather hides to local in, uh, upholstery shops for automotive upholstery shops. And he started realizing that this could work a lot better if he just made the kits for them and sold it to them. So he made one for a 1986 Honda Accord. It was popular. It took off there faster than even he could have imagined. So 
He just kept growing the business. And I'll say this about Mitch Katz. He's 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 just a, a, a G when it comes to making money. The guy doesn't know how to not make money. He sold Catskin in 2008, and they went into the um, drought-friendly landscaping, and he, he's, he just makes it over. Who bought it, and why did they not water it down like so many... Uh, did you really do. just go from drought tolerant landscaping to watering it down? I did. I okay, did. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God, it's a nice one. Well <laughs> so, how did like so many? I don't know. I get who who was the buyer, and were they an investment firm? Because they clearly it's have a, taken a yes, lot of it's care. A, it's a private equity firm, part of the company earlier on, but the, he he sold all of his shares in it in two thousand eight to a private equity firm that now owns us. You know why mess with what's working? So they just kind of leave it alone. <laughs> they they help us when they can and have that backing. But that's not the norm. You know that, Miles. Like so many, we're, we're seeing it happening of in course. the in the wheel industry and so many others. Private equity comes in, pools all the small companies together. This won't be the business segment for much longer, but they pull all the companies together and they end up thrifting them. Like, all right, we only need one marketing director for all these wheel companies. So I'm like, wait a minute, one's one makes yeah. wheels for lowered cars and then lifted trucks and this. And like, these are different segments. And they go, no, one guy could do it all. And then they just, yep. the, you know, one creative director, one marketing director, one production director, blah, blah, blah. And then now all the brands are kind of coalescing together. And then people start to leave and form their own companies. That hasn't happened with Caskin. It stayed kind of true to the roots. Well, yeah, it has, but partially because you got to remember that who's our competitor. Not many people can do what we do. In fact, nobody. It took it took forty years to get to this stage. What we do is incredibly complex. We have to put together an interior from two hundred and fifty individual parts, specifically made for each individual make and model. And boy, that gets really complicated. But a billion different ways of the color combinations we have, and we do it all in a 24-hour turnaround. And no one's been able to figure out how we do it yet, and we're not telling the secret sauce. And... All right, so we, we won't ask you for uh, the flavor of your secret sauce, but I am curious. You guys have a tremendous amount of customization, to your point, billions of combinations with piping and yes. inserts, and f- whether you're going with an Alcantara or suede, whether you're going with a uh, diamond you know, stitch, Nap- or- Napa-style leather, yeah. or, yeah, the stitches are different, double, diamond, square, all the different things you can do. But yep. the thing that I'm always blown away with is within each vehicle lineup, you may have three or four seats. The sport model, the base model, the one that had cloth. <laughs> you know, three, three, three or four. Yeah, look oh, at a F-150 okay. rear no, no, bench seat. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me give you a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. The F-150 currently has, in the current model year, 15 different patterns for us. It's a nightmare. <laughs> well, look at the rear seat on an the, XL. The, 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 oh, yeah. You have to add. Someone says, oh, I've got an F-150. That's not enough. We no. do the information we need to know. Are the front seats two buckets, or is it a 40-20-40, or is it a solid bench? And if it it's 50, an XLT 50? or less on a crew right. cab in the back, there's no armrest. But if you go yeah. higher, well, it, it, Larry Duncan. Is it a yep. super cab? Yep. And, and does it have a, an armrest in the rear? Yep. And is the back plastic or, or cloth? How many people so many go to you nightmare. for a seat cover and then you're like, well, does it have an armrest or not in the back? They're like, of course it has an armrest. And, and then wrong. they look and they go, oh, my God, my truck. I have a $60,000 truck. has no rear armrest. I bet that happens a lot. I bet that happens a lot, too. Yeah. 
Well, we, we try very hard to, to not make those mistakes. you got to remember, we're not selling windshield wipers. I mean, if we make a mistake on a windshield wiper, we No, 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 not you, Miles. Interior, you're throwing out a, a the, the customer. Miles, interior. the customer is the one that's screwing up. The customer yeah. thinks they have the armrest, and they don't. So, well, you, well, And the reason I say that is because I, I, it's actually a thing on myself. We had a F-150 when I was at in Motor Trend at four-wheeler for four-wheeler of the year. And I couldn't believe it was like day seven of have, having this truck. When I sat in the back, I was like, wait a minute, there's no armrest. And I'm like, how can you have a truck this expensive? There's no freaking rear armrest. So that, that's like, I, I guarantee you, there are people who never sat in the back of their truck no, and don't even know they don't have a rear armrest. That's, you're absolutely right. But that's why and there's, if there's ever a question, we always ask for a photo. How, how, about, sure. how about a Jeep Wrangler JL? The rear bench on that. If easy, you have a cloth easy. seat, you've got two. You've got exactly. You've yeah. only got two choices. Two choices. If you have cloth seats, you have no armrest, and if you have leather right. seats, you get the armrest in the back. And right. But but a lot of people they they don't know that that's the distinction. We can go on and on about all the different variations. How about the GM trucks that have the cubby in the rear oh, seat back? Oh, even worse. Even worse. Okay, I was going to say the, the, the Silverados, the Tahoes. Yeah. I mean these the the Yukons that. Oh, they're 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 just they're not built for aftermarket leather. That's for sure. So what happens when a new we're, it's twenty twenty four? We're in the future, and uh, yep. the the Homer car comes out, and you're like, oh, everybody's going to need leather in the Homer car, and it comes to the the Catskin facility. What do you start with? What do you do? What are the decisions you have to make on what you well, offer, and and how does that process work to get a SKU or something on the website for somebody to choose? Well, first, okay, yeah, it's, it's, the, we don't really get the cars as easily as that because, you know, OEMs are not exactly forthcoming with their CAD data. We have deals with the local dealerships around town. So if a new Homer comes out, we call Montebello Homer, and we ask them to borrow the new Homer. He's running with and, it. Isn't he? Yeah, I like it. It's good. It's good. Montebello <laughs> Homer was the first dealership. Yeah. <laughs> and we bring that in. We have to reverse engineer it, so we pull off all the, the existing upholstery, tear it apart, we trace it, we we test fit it, we put it all back together, we create a pattern for it, we we put a free leather interior for the dealership, so they get a free leather interior, they're happy, we're happy, we get all the data. But then we have to put it all into our system. All this has to determine where the insert is, where the body is, where the combo is, where the wings go. Can it have piping? If not, because of this scene, it all has to be determined at that point. And this is another, and we have to do that. If you're looking about an F-150, we have to do that 15, 16, 17 times because wow. there's that, that many interiors. And you have to create cut files for them for the automated cutting machines. You have to create hard plastic patterns for hand cutters. You have to. This is why there's no com- competitors. Out there. Nobody no wants to be wants in a business that's labor intensive. This. Yeah, no one wants to do this, and so you know we enjoy almost ninety percent market share. But not only Holman, do they do all that? They do it in twenty four hours, which is yeah bonkers. Well, they don't do that in twenty four hours. <laughs> but if you were no, to get your no, Homer no. and you ordered your custom uh, deal, they would okay. do that. In 24 yeah, hours. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, that's right. That's I'm correct. looking yeah. at the Toyota Tacoma, and by the way. There's some I don't. You have the word the the the, the phrase seat covers all over the site, and I feel and I know that's got to drive you crazy because 
we I don't like the fact that seat covers are like it's the you buy a seat cover on Amazon. It's made out of neoprene, like wetsuit material, so your dogs don't mm-hmm. screw it. I like that's you you're saddled with that term seat covers because that's technically what you make, but these are not seat covers. This is this is a proper yes, leather interior for your car or your truck. It is a Full proper leather replacement. Exactly. Right. That's what we have to do. But unfortunately, because we live in a digital world and we need to SEO properly, we have to use search terms that score high that, that, that will get us higher rankings on the Google search. Completely understand. So and, I just, for our audience. Seat covers, yeah. seat covers is what people search for, even when they're looking for what we sell. Oh, interesting. Okay. So they're not typing in full leather interior or leather replacement no. or leather upgrade. They're looking for seat covers. Right. It's almost become like Kleenex. Okay. It's a, people call all tissues Kleenex. So we're starting to call all leather interior seat covers. So. I'm on your Toyota Tacoma page, and there are at least five different combinations, not just of colors. There are, oh my gosh, who knows how many colors, but the way you can configure the inset, or what is the center section called, Miles? Like, That's the insert. The insert. That's okay, the insert. so the insert can be like rectangular panels, or they can be uh, elongated panels. They can You can change the number of panels. You can make that diamond stitch panels or... All the stitching, you, you can have it just be very OE looking, or you can get really custom with, I think you called the wings or the inside of the bolsters with right. uh, contrasting yep. colors, contrasting stitches, piping, things like that that Holman was uh, speaking about earlier. The customization is so cool. Or if you're just, if you're overwhelmed, you can just go, I want that one. Because you guys, yep. part of your job is coming up with the one that's really good for like 90% of car buyers. Right. That's what we have. We have a guy named Rami who's a graduate of the Art Center here in Pasadena, and he's our chief designer, and he comes up with all the designs you're saying. How do you determine which materials are, A, cat skin quality, like this is really going to stand up to the durability test? It's the most resistant to cuts and abrasions. Like what kind of testing do you go through, and how often do you reject stuff? You're like, I love that, and then it turns out to just be crap quality. Or, you know, the number one thing for us lifted (laughs) truck guys driver's side lower bolster getting in and out of your lifted truck and dragging your jeans across it every single time and a lot of the factory trucks they'll start tearing apart right where the little notch or hole is for the seat belt to come out of and you'll start seeing it fray there and uh, usually within the warranty period and it's one of those things where you're like do i just put the same crappy seat cover from the factory on or (laughs) is this the time that i uh, I i'm now enlightened well, I think this is what you did. That's what you did. We use well, actually our, our newest material, which is Catskin XT. We've got that available in a few colors now, but this is our toughest leather and vinyl ever. It's twice as thick. It's twice as durable. It's water resistant. It's scuff proof. It's for a lifted truck. It's perfect for that. Hmm. I, I don't know anybody who would have a, a vehicle like that, but... <laughs> Uh, that could use that type of technology in there. Maybe all of our audience. <laughs> now, Miles, you just said a word I'm not familiar with. V- v- yeah. v- vinyl? V- vinyl. Vinyl's yeah. okay. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that it's not okay. Yeah. I wasn't Sometimes aware. Sometimes you want it. I w- so it's called catskin automotive leather. It's in their. It's in their trademark. Yeah. I didn't know that you mm-hmm. offered vinyl. And when do I want to choose oh. vinyl? No, all interiors contain vinyl. Even all the caskets interiors contain matching vinyl. Huh. It's that's the way it, for several reasons. One, it's cost. <laughs> like if you if you were to get an all leather interior, 
it would cost you thousands upon thousands of dollars. And they're not going to um, put it like the nice leather around where the that plastic map pocket right. backing is on the seat, where it's just going to tear into the, it over time. Oh, fair leather, enough. The leather, all, everything that touches your body, the entire face of our seats is leather. The cushion, the lean back. The back and the sides are matching vinyl. But you can't tell, can you? You've seen our interior. No. Well, here's no, the thing is you no. can get into a new car or truck, and you and they're like, oh, you got Napa vinyl seating surfaces. And you will run your finger across that nice perforated butt pocket, and then you'll rub it on yeah. the – go around your finger on the side of the bolster, and you can completely tell where the uh, the leather ends and Plasticville begins. And on Catskin, <laughs> I've experienced those seats many Many, many times. And the color match between leather and vinyl is imperceptible. And the quality of touch is, I don't know what the proper test is, if you sniff it or if you scratch it with your fingernail or whatever, but you can't tell unless you do something weird to your seats. They hire, well, they have a guy that just sniffs. And let me tell you, let me tell you something interesting. This is, see, my leather, when it's tanned, it's usually grain-free. Most of the time, on most leathers, the grain that you see is added with an embossing roller that it rolls that grain on there. Okay. Okay. Didn't know that. So we use the we so we use the same embossing roller that they to make the vinyl. So the grains are a perfect match. Ah. Well, they they feel fabulous. Isn't that funny that I feel so cheated all these years. All the leathers well, that no, remember, no. Hey, you want? I'm sorry. Sorry to Ford owners out there. Any of your Mustang owners out there? <laughs> but but most OEMs, and I only use Ford as an example because I've I've seen it. The Mustang has, you know, the inserts we're talking about, the little panels on the inside of oh, the yeah. lean back and the cushion. That's all that contains leather in a Ford Mustang. What leather interior? Yeah, they call it a leather trimmed interior. So those two panels are the only leather in those in those Mustangs. The one in the driver's seat and the one in the passenger seat. Whoa! Uh oh. <laughs> Not right. No, it's not right. <laughs> You're upset about that, well, aren't you? It's huh. leather trimmed. Leather trimmed. You've done something nobody else in the history of the world's ever been able to do, and that's to make lightning speechless. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like it's just wordplay. They're just trying to thrift the interior. It still looks good. I mean, don't get me wrong. That that, that it nothing. Does look good. It looks okay. fine, it's it's, and, and nobody has an issue with it. But I do think that most people just probably assume. It's leather and good, good on them, you know, good on them. So what are your most popular truck applications? Is there one that's just stands out? Is it a Tacoma? Is it an F-150, a Silverado? It's, it's the domestic trucks. It's Ram, it's F-150, it's Silverado. Those are our top three sales every month, every year. Now, which is kind of funny. 10 years ago, it was Camry and Altima were our top sellers. Oh, I can see the Altima. They, they all got that really uh, expensive uh, interest rate at uh, at the Nissan dealer and then got got the mouth, uh, mouse for seats and they're like, oh, I saved some money. And then they see their first payment and they're like, uh-oh. Well, no, no, no. They have, no. Well, let's be honest. They have, they have children and the children barf and you can't get out of that velour interior. All right. I've got a, a, a serious question. So you mentioned Ram, which in the last, you know, few years has had one of the best interiors in the uh, full-size truck basically market oh we love them so do you see people with mid-grade wanting to have the same level of premium that's on say uh uh you know a laramie longhorn or something like that but they couldn't afford or didn't buy that truck that's that's our that's 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 the best value that's the best way to get casket in most cases not just ram but f-150 but just about every mid-market car out there 
if you want to get leather, it usually comes packaged with the luxury package or something sure. like that. And, and it's it's six, seven. I assume this has twelve thousand dollars, you know, for uh, on an F one fifty to get the package that has the leather in it. Well, get the lower end model and just put leather in it and casket. It'll save you ten thousand dollars off the top. So. So, which brings us to, I guess, price. I, I think when you think of a, a leather interior, all of it, again, not just seat covers, a full makeover of your interior of your truck, what are we talking? Ballpark. And I realize that there's a lot of variables, but generally speaking, yeah. Miles, what are we looking at? Two, two grand. That's, That's installed. Crazy. Wait, what? That's installed. Wow! Now is that ins- yeah. that is that installed by some crazy random dealer, or is that installed by your no, new trucks no, that no, drive no, to no. my house? <laughs> I feel like uh, Lightning's been waiting for this all day. We're, we're, we're piloting that at that program right now, and it seems to be very popular. Yeah, the, van, the, the van's pretty impressive looking. Yeah, it's an entire restyler shop right in the back of the van. That's pretty amazing. But yeah, that that, that those are being installed by professional upholsterers that, that we vet before we make them a customer. I actually went to one of those and uh, he was in Upland. He had Mercedes, he had a Bentley, he had some antique uh, vintage vehicles and he was installing cat skin in, in one of my buddy's cars. So he's doing these bespoke interiors. And he was one was for like a rock star. He was t- crazy, crazy money. And right next to it is a cat skin interior that looks the same. One was probably a $20,000 interior. And then here's the cat skin at two grand. And they were, not to steal a word from earlier, but imperceptibly different. Really, well, really neat. I haven't heard that comparison. That's great. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious, when you guys do your seat covers and your patterns, is there anything mm-hmm. special that you add into it? Is there, can somebody add a heating element? Can they add a little more bolstering at the time? Is there any option? Somebody who... No, we, we, we match all the foams. Okay. But, um, and we, we, we are restricted in some cases. You've got to remember... The way these covers attach to the the foams and the, and the seat underneath, you know, some of them have listing, listing wires and, and Velcro channels, and all of that has to be accounted for in the pattern. If there's a seam here in the original pattern, it's because this is where a listing wire is, and we can't remove that because that listing wire is actually holding that part of the seat to the seat, that part of the cover to the seat. I think Holman was trying to get at your degrees line by Catskin. Degrees by Catskin. The degrees line, yes, by degrees, yes. That's um, that's our heating and cooling system. It's actually quite phenomenal, I have to say. The, the heating element is perfect. It's like heated, heated seats are heated seats, and the, the technology is pretty where it's going to be. But the cooling system on our degrees unit is is remarkable. It's not it's not just a fan blowing ambient air around. It's actually there's a cooling unit that actually lowers the ambient air by 15 degrees before it's blown up is it charged so. with not freon of course but whatever the <laughs> not freon what is what i love the technical term is it charged with not freon no well, i don't know what's the, what, what's the it's, the it's like wd-40 you know what I'm saying? It's, it's it's letters and numbers yeah, what is it what's the cooler yeah, that every I, air conditioning I, uses today r134a a, whatever a, it is I'm yeah a, sure yeah i don't know i'm, I'm a creative director i don't do it i don't know but i i figure you're in all the meetings you hear stuff like that it's charged with something that makes it cooler i don't know yeah whatever it, whatever it is it works it makes it cooler and it blows it up and, and that's all i care about when i turn it on it's on Three levels of cooling, three levels of heating. All right, so you offer the degree so they, if they have a work truck, they're upgrading to leather, they can actually add a heating and cooling system 
to the package. Yeah, absolutely. It comes with everything. Yep. It comes with the, the, the cooling unit that's in the back of the seat. So from bottom and the back, which is really cool. Yep. And it can obviously comes with the controls, uh, just like they mm-hmm. look like OE controls that you'd find in the door of the dashboard, which is super cool. How often have you been asked to create an interior and then you've refused because it's either like it's too ugly or like the color combinations they want? I want pink and purple side by side. And you're like, I can't put a cat skin tag on that seat. <laughs> the answer to that is never. We will make anything you ask for. Wow. <laughs> uh, we've made some ugly ones. We've made <laughs> recently. Recently, there was purple, lime green, and orange, which. Wow. Uh, I would love to see that interior on uh, Lightning's TRX. <laughs> and, and, Which, and, yeah. and, and, when he comes and, asking and, 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 for uh, new seats. Yeah. <laughs> and then he decided to put diamond stitching. <laughs> wow. Oh, my you? Lord. <laughs> Got him much. This thing means diamond stitching. <laughs> oh, man. Now, you're not doing crazy like limousines or that type of thing you do no no because no. you are looking at, for us, yeah it? yeah you're looking at economies of scale you're going to take your corollas your tacomas your f-150s things like that right and that's where Correct. and you've, you've honed those so how often right. you get asked for uh, a truck that you don't have an application for and you're like you know what that's an interesting one i'll get back to you and then you actually produce it within a couple of months and call the dude back and go we got one for you we actually have a program we call express so This is a program where if we don't have something, if you have a 66 Impala or something that we don't have, send us the seats, we'll reverse engineer and make you you a cover. It can take up to four weeks, four to six weeks, and it's $5,000. It's still a deal. That's still a lot less money than taking it to, uh, I would assume that's, again, I know guys paying more than 10 grand for custom interiors. Right, and we don't get too many takers on it but you know we we have people there that are experts so we'll figure it out it's it's a it's a new program we just started this year now i have seen the process of putting seat covers on or taking yes. off the <laughs> the factory fabrics and replacing them knowing that would you recommend the average person order your kit and try this themselves if they've never Not held a set all. of hog repliers never, never, no never <laughs> figured never, that might never, be your never. answer see this <laughs> It's not like installing a turbocharger or something where you know, you know exactly what to do. Okay, With, there's so much finesse involved. You've seen it. When, you know, you have to karate chop things into channels, and you have to pull and tug and stretch, and and really, you have to have the experience to know this particular type of foam from Nissan is different from the foam over here from Ford. So we got to make sure this. You know, there's so much involved in installing these kits. Even guys that do it every day, five days a week. It takes six hours to four to six hours to install. And the last thing Catskin wants is for their interior that they know looks good. No, that they know fits. Oh yeah, they know yeah. when it's, it's when it's on their right. Crooked and yeah. exactly, they know it looks perfect when it's installed yep. properly. Otherwise, yeah, they don't want some janky representation of this. You know, no, 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 Dad, don't don't ever do that. It's it's like you won't be happy with it. You'll, you'll swear and curse the whole time. It's, it's not a fun job. So it's fair to say that if you are somebody who is interested in upgrading their interior, make sure that in your budget you put in for somebody to install it. Otherwise, your, your happiness level will be much well, lower. Absolutely. And if you go to our site and you buy it, if you buy it directly from us on our website through our retail department, the installation's included in all the prices. 
Oh, no kidding. Okay, okay. that's good. Awesome. So, Miles, someone goes to the yeah. website, they go to catskin.com. And by the way, that's K-A-T-Z-K-I-N, catskin.com. You hit the start button, looks like a starter on your car, and you basically it walks you through the process. Year, make, model, you right. choose the pattern, right? And then you start, uh, then you choose the colors, correct? Yeah, you can choose some of the designs that are already there or at the bottom of the page is a design your own button. So you can click on that. One, if you just pick one of those pre-designs, you just click on that and you choose that design, it'll take you to a page that'll actually put in your zip code, find restylers near you. Gotcha. Or you can call Catskin directly. I'm actually building and, a full uh, interior right now while you're talking to uh, Lightning just to it, prove how. In what vehicle? <laughs> what do you think? In, in my 392, of course. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to build your. Well, actually, I was building yours with like bright orange. How dare you? That, that way, uh, it, I, I want to see something to that nice Safety black truck. Uh, yes. Oh, could you imagine? He, oh, you open that black truck. It's door. lime green. Oh. <laughs> No offense to anybody who likes lime green interiors, but that's uh, definitely not I've my jam. I've seen worse. I've seen worse. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, you guys need to check out catskin.com because I know some of you have some rank interiors that just really need upgrading. <laughs> well, right? it, you're just- I, would, I was going to also add real quick, when you're building out uh, your seat covers in your design, I know there's a lot of people who get really nervous about, oh, man, I, I'm not a designer. I don't know how to pick and choose the colors. If you want to have a fully custom, they will do that for you. But they also have like yep. 20 or 30 just all patterns that are already done where it's a mix of diamond stitching or inserts or fabric changes and colors. And you can say, I like the way this one looks that's already on the website and then change the materials and colors accordingly for what you want to do. So they make it really easy. Whether you feel like you're an interior designer or you're somebody who just wants nicer seats, either way, the website's super helpful and we'll, uh, we'll get you going on that. So um, it's it's really user-friendly. Wow. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Hey, all right. Nice. <laughs> all right, Miles, it's been way too long since we, uh, we've we caught up. And I think, depending on when this episode airs, we've either seen you at, at SEMA, SEMA or, or we're about to we're see you at SEMA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, you're doing the Lord's work over there, uh, making the best interiors in town. So thank you very much. Thank you, gentlemen. All, all right, brother. Much appreciated. All yeah, right. thanks for your time. Right. We'll, we'll catch up. Thanks. Holman, before we get into truck news, I need to share a real quick story with you. So you were out in uh, the desert in Mojave a couple of weeks ago, and you had an opportunity to use your anti-gravity's microstart. Yep. Right? The battery pack. And I did. The jump pack. Well, guess what I did? Used yours. Killed my battery in the TRX. I don't know how. Came out after I was gone for a week, hadn't driven it. I think I either left my Phoenix PA system on, (laughs) or I don't know what. But uh, with the push button start, it, if the voltage is too low, it just doesn't even attempt to start. Mm-hmm. It's not like a key where you can kind of yeah. force it over. Uh-huh. Ain't no forcing it over. And it's uh, 5.50 in the morning because okay. I wanted to be early to work. I'm freaking out. I did not realize that I had the micro start. I get in my garage. I, I get in the toolbox. I pull out my big old battery charger, like old school from like 1989 that my father gave me. And I'm about to hook it up. I'm like, what am I doing? I had to plug into the wall and all that. And I'm like, I have, I got this anti-gravity's one. Boom. Plugged it in. Started it. I remember what you said. You started that one Jeep like four or five times. It was only down like 20%. The Tacoma. The Tacoma. Okay. But my battery is smoked. It's completely deep cycled dead. I start it with the micro start. It only goes down to like 92%. Just like it was not, it was like, eh, no big thing. Like, no big thing. 
What was that? <laughs> it just started right up. So listen. No, no, no. Not not the fact that it started right up. <laughs> I expected that. Yeah. I did not expect whatever the no. weird inflection was with <laughs> no big thing. <laughs> oh my God. Who are you just like punchy because you're on the SEMA crunch right now? Yes. Yeah, all right, let's let's yeah. talk about something uh, that will excite our listeners, and that's all the freaking news going on right now. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ah! Oh, that was good. That was a good one. Yeah, that was good. I felt like the compressors sucked it up right at the the very end. All right, so uh, I'm going to tell you a story now of uh, a bit of fortune. Uh, For those of you who are based in uh, SoCal and love the LA Auto Show, we at OVR Magazine have inked a deal to have a uh, an outside space of about twelve thousand square feet, uh, with about ten to twelve vehicles, or so we thought. And so we were going to be at the auto show and have this OVR display uh, right where everybody buys their tickets and goes in the convention center. And the LA Auto Show is. Massive, and it yeah. is right after SEMA every year. Yep, it uh, goes for two weeks uh, leading up to the Thanksgiving weekend, which is the last weekend. And then the uh, United Auto Workers strike struck, and uh, Stellantis pulls out of both SEMA and the LA Auto Show taking Camp Jeep with them. No, 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 no. It's not a sad trombone. Oh, really? Because the LA Auto Show came back to us and said, we have 24,000 square feet inside between Subaru and Hyundai. Would you guys like to move indoors? And can you fill it with 30 vehicles? And we said, you bet we can. So uh, if anybody wants to go to the uh, LA Auto Show this year, uh, it'll be... Uh, so anyway, it, it will run from uh, the... I believe it's uh, November 17th all the way through uh, Sunday, November 26th. So uh, please stop by and, uh, and check out OVR in person. You'll be able to subscribe. We're doing daily giveaways. We have a ton of great companies that uh, if you uh, sign up with us, you'll get a chance to win and uh, basically want to show you uh, who we are in person. So just a uh, shout out to my guys on the OVR side because uh, what a coup. And I'm not going to lie. There's a little bit of satisfaction that we are at one of the top three auto shows in the country in the backyard of some other people I used to know. And uh, until this podcast, they're, they're not aware that we have a booth space. Uh, <laughs> About seven times larger than anything they've ever had. Uh, I'm, I didn't say that. I'm just mm. saying I that did. it's just cool that we will be right there on the floor. And sometimes, you know, uh, the sun shines on your butt and you should <laughs> take wait, advantage wait, wait, of that. The sun shines on your butt? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's my that's my saying. All right. Uh, hey, lighting. Did you hear? I don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So no, I don't think so. So I heard about this last night through uh, uh, friends at dinner, and I'm like, nah, I don't know if that really sounds like a thing. And then the press release came out today, and, and I it's went, "The thing." I went, "Oh, there's a company well known in the industry called Wheel Pros USA." Oh, Hoonigan. And uh, they are changing their entire company name. To Hoonigan. And um, they put out this press release today filled with a bunch of big words. And I kind of thought, seems like an odd choice. So in their press release, they said, oh, well, we're not, you know, Wheel Pros was never designed to be a consumer-facing brand. But Hoonigan, but I feel like Hoonigan is not product. It's entertainment or it's a lifestyle. So I think it's just to me, it's a weird fit. So, yeah, as Holman said, Wheel Pros, we've talked about it before on the show. Wheel Pros is like, man, I'm just going to guess 25, 30 wheel brands, all the popular ones from Fuel Wheels to 
Uh, all of them. Just all of them. All of them, right? American Racing. If you go to Wheel Pros. KMC, KMC right? KMC, all that, yeah. For sure. MHT, all that stuff. Foos. If you go to wheelpros.com, it's like a never-ending scroll of brands. Yeah. It's truly incredible. And it's owned by a group of investors, sure. right? Private equity. And they, they recently acquired four-wheel parts. And then that kind of changed the dynamic of a bunch of things. And, and last year, they bought Hoonigan, yep. which everyone said, ooh, well, wait a minute. Yep. That's interesting. They This is a wheel company that just bought an entertainment company. Right. And so now, uh, according to the press release, this is one of the things that I kind of pulled out. He says, uh, this is from Randy White, the CEO. He says, Historically, Wheel Pros was not designed to be a prominently recognized name in the consumer market, which I honestly thought Wheel Pros was a, a good name. But, uh, okay, I get it. By bringing all of our brands together under the Hoonigan name, we open new opportunities to elevate each brand in the eyes of our consumer. This is the part that I was like, ooh, okay, we'll see. The specifics of how this integration will manifest may differ for each of us, making it imperative to consider a well-thought-out strategy for each brand we manage. But together, we're Hoonigan. And I was kind Wait, of, what? I'm like, so you don't know how you're going to integrate your brand? Like, it just seems like kind of like they made the decision and then not everything is, uh, you know, totally sorted out. And obviously with Ken Block passing away uh, recently, uh, you know, he's the North Star, obviously, for Hoonigan. That was that was his jam. And so... Yeah, well, uh, Brian Scotto and he were partners. Brian yeah. Scotto originally came from the hip-hop world and started uh, Hoonigan with... Ken Block, yep. and now Brian Scotto, I believe, is the creative director over all the brands, from what I understand. Yes. Maybe, maybe that's wrong, but that's what I heard. All right, so uh, basically, you know, it says in the press release, Hoonigan was the originally the brainchild of Ken Block, a visionary and pioneer in the racing world, and as Hoonigan, the company intends to honor and build upon Block's important legacy of leading a trailblazing community driven by passion for motorsports and the enthusiast community. Uh, and then they gave the new vision statement, which is, uh, we provide the passion that keeps dreams in motion. So... Uh, anyway, whether you like it or not, I don't know what to think about it. I just, it seems kind of weird. I so thought Wheel weirdest, Pros. I, I got the inside track on that, a, I don't know, a week or two ago. Okay. And I've kind of kept quiet on that. I, I leaked it to a couple of people and said, you can't share this. And half the people said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And the other half said, that's a brilliant marketing move. But is it? It remains to be seen. Like, yeah. Forget our opinions. So I've been a part of a bunch of rebrandings in my career, five or six, and it always seems like it's a Band-Aid for something else. And sometimes it's not necessary. Sometimes just a new company wants to show people that it's new. But I think it really confuses the consumer more. So I don't know. Like, I feel like Hoonigan should have been a sideshow or side, not a sideshow in a negative sense, but like a side stage for the entertainment using all the Wheel Pros products. I wonder if Hoonigan, the name, will overshadow its own brand. That's what I'm saying. Is I, I wonder how the, being an entertainment company drives product sales. So I don't know. It's just it's an interesting move. I saw it it's come ballsy. across today. Super yeah, ballsy. Definitely yeah. ballsy. Yeah. yeah. I guess we'll see at SEMA how the branding works out, right? Because they've got a giant booth from what I so understand. So that's the crazy thing is Wheel Pros has not been, famously, has yeah. been absent from... Uh, uh, the, the SEMA show in, in maybe a decade or something like crazy like that. And now they're coming with, I heard like 80,000 square feet or something massive. That's, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. They're doing the whole out front section where Ford used to do and all that stuff. And it's going to be quite a scene. Cool. All right. Hey, uh, Lightning, have you heard? What? No. Well, uh, I've heard. And uh, there is a clip of the new 2025 Ram TRX driving around, and it got no V8 in it. No, it don't. So for all you folks out there who are kind of like, no, but it's going to forever be a V8 or it'll die. I've been telling you, the Hurricane high output is coming to the TRX. Here's the other thing I'll say. 
there was a report of a engineer from Stellantis doing an interview who said that engine is going to be a crate motor and it's capable of a thousand horsepower. You can hear it sucking. The turbos, that is. Mm. And if you think about it, it's sort of like the Chrysler version of like a 2JZ. Sorry, don't hit me, Scott. I know you 2JZ people are like nothing compares. But straight six, turbocharged, uh, 1,000 horsepower, sounds like it all fits to me. They have not announced what the power output is. What if they shock everybody and it's like 710 horsepower? It's certainly possible. I don't know that they'll do it. We've seen huge horsepower coming from twin turbo engines and straight six. Well, and Ford hasn't announced the Raptor R for 24s power yet either yeah but and they hinted that, that there's something that there's something that they're going to come with so what power. if they're like oh competition's got a straight six whatever we're going to do 705 horsepower and then what if the new trx is like 750 and you're like damn <laughs> you know that would be funny now there are benefits i mean here's some of the things straight six is more fuel efficient it's perfectly balanced a lot less weight on the front end so you get better suspension performance so I think there's some cool things, even though I would miss the whale of the V8. And I don't know if you've got that sound clip from that video, uh, but you should play it. It 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 is basically the uh, TRX taking off from a stoplight. Car following the TRX. A little bit of wind noise. Here we go. So not great audio, but definitely not a V8. No. A little bit better than the EcoBoost, though. Not much. Ugh, not much. I mean, I was trying to be polite there. Hopefully, uh, it'll sound better in person, but I can't believe it would sound worse. Dude, that was painful. All right. Hey, Lighting, uh, did you hear? No! No. Uh, on the uh, thedrive.com, there is a uh, apparently a Ford dealer built a wide-body 2023 Ford F-150 regular cab, uh, the truck that everybody keeps talking about and nobody has, uh, nobody's built. The dealer took it upon themselves uh, to build what Ford won't, and uh, it's basically single cab, short bed, custom wide-body, which you should like, and it's got a coilover suspension, and uh, it has... Drum roll, please. Okay. It has... I just like the drum roll. Uh, V8. What? Coyote. So there it is up on the screen. All right. Check that thing out. Oh, that's so dope. Oh, it needs to be lowered, but that's really nice looking wide body. Where did they, wow, custom, did they I do guess that? they did it themselves. So really? I don't know a whole lot of uh, of the details on it, but it's got this really cool grill with a, a bunch of LEDs. Um, it's a 325 tire width, 22 by 12 inch fuel rebar wheels. Here are the specs according to uh, the Drive article. So it's a uh, basically started as an F-150 XLT with cloth seats and an 8-inch screen. But uh, the company known as uh, Auto Accessories Unlimited went to work, and they upgraded the interior with uh, the, the big screen. So remember, we had talked about this before when you are like, hey, I want to do this baseball truck or a regular cab truck. I'm like, well, you can't get a Lariat trim, so you'd have to have the small screen and all that. Yep, yep. So anyway, uh, this thing has a – it started out as a 4x4. 5-liter V8, 10-speed automatic. So right there. Everything good. Love that. Yep. But I would have thought Which this had- Which is so good because with the four-wheel drive, you're just going to launch. Well, here's the thing that's weird. I thought for sure it would have the Whipple supercharger because that's the that's the deal. Emissions, they, they legal, don't? radio. No. Why? Somebody did a twin turbo setup on the Coyote. Oh. 
Oh, oh. So they're estimating 700 to 800 horsepower. It rides on 325 with tires wrapped uh, oh. around 22 by 12 fuel rebar look, wheels. Look at this profile shot. That looks really cool. The right? only thing I don't like about it is they use a Raptor front bumper, which is made for clearance. It needs to have some sort of air dam or splitter. Yeah. Like it just, right. That looks yeah. goofy. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not super stoked on that. But uh, overall, it works. It's got this cool uh, LED strips in the grill and all that kind of not stuff. Not super stoked on the color. It's that slate blue color. Yeah. Kind of a, a cement yeah, blue. Yeah, but it makes a statement. It's, it does. I'd rather see another color on the truck. Also uses a IHC suspension performance kit uh, with adjustable uh, coilovers, and it actually uh, relocates the rear shocks uh, behind the axle. Looks like they've got a set of QA1 coilovers yeah, up front. adjustable, so that's a part of that uh, that IHC kit. I'm not familiar with those guys. Um, but anyway, you can see you know the traction bars, and it's it's designed to romp, dude. So I thought you might appreciate it. Uh, the online asking price, can you guess? $74,000. shut the front door. Or $17,000 more than the Shelby Super Snake Sport. Come on with that. So Stop it. Come on. Know, somebody's going to buy it. It's, it's all mean, done and it's kind of cool. The owner of the dealership. Anyway, find uh, find more about it on uh, thedrive.com. So. This is a story that hits... Yeah! No, uh, I haven't lighting heard. Lighting, did you hear? No, no, I haven't. Uh, this story hits a little uh, hard, close to home. So a while ago, I think back in September, uh, Moab announced, the Bureau of Land Management announced the closure of most of the trails to the west side of Moab. Yeah. Uh, there's about 1,000 tra- uh, miles. They are closing a third of it, 317 miles of trails around Moab. Which is awful. Uh, one of the uh, advocates said this is our, our worst uh, loss in decades. And this is what, you know... All these environmental groups are, I'm sorry, freaking idiots because they're like, oh, you can't have anybody enjoy public land. Shut it down. Well, when they, when they close it off, they close it off to, to bicycles and wheelchairs and anything mechanical. It's, it's horrible. I'm, I, won't, I won't belabor this point too much, but what you need to do is you need to go to Blue Ribbon Coalition because Blue Ribbon Coalition is the good guys that are fighting the fight to keep these trails open. This is the thing that bothers me about uh, land closures. If you want to close down an area, close it down, fine. But leave the existing roads that are already there, there and tell people stay on the trail system. I've got no problem with that. When you start shutting down a third of what's available, then guess where a third of those vehicles now go? To the other two thirds. And then they have more impact on those areas. And guess what happens? Oh, there's too much impact. We have to close it down. So then they close another third. So what used to be spread out over a thousand miles of trails is now concentrated on 300 miles of trails. Whoa, that's not right. That's not right. And what they end up doing is they say, oh my gosh, look at all this traffic and all this erosion that happened. Well, yeah, because you've orchestrated a way to be a self-fulfilling prophecy of land closure because you keep taking more and more vehicles and funneling them into a smaller and smaller space, and then we use that as an excuse to perpetuate your closures. It's wrong. So go to Blue Ribbon Coalition, give them some cash, and let them help fight that for, for all of us because all of these land closures, like if there's one thing that really makes me mad about uh, government agencies, it's how they manage public lands. Public lands that are ours to share in and use and do all the things, and they've managed them to death where you don't know what you can do and where you can do it. And it's, it's frankly, it's frustrating. It sucks as an enthusiast, and um, people of all ilk should be able to go 
I believe, wherever they want, have fun, recreate. And I, I hate that there are these groups that have so much power that they won't even let you drive through a road that already exists there. Like, I get it. Don't drive off the road. Don't smash the plants. Don't smash the cryptobiotic soil. I get it. But that road going through there is not hurting anybody to go through there. You're, you're causing more damage by closing you know, land if, if you're asking my opinions. I, I, so you said it when Spagnola was on that we need an NRA for automotive enthusiasts. And the problem is we're all broken up into little groups. We've got the import guys with the Hondas and Nissans. We've got the, the Jeepers. Then we have the, the Tacoma guys. Then we have the TRX guys. Then we have the NHRA guys. Then we have the NASCAR guys. We're all broken up into these factions. If there was a singular the problem consumer is we don't group organized together, that is what I'm saying. Yeah. And SEMA yeah. has done that well. The SEMA, or Specialty Equipment Market Association, has done that really well for the, the business owners, but there is no organization for all of us enthusiasts. And I'm obsessed with creating something like that. I don't know how I can pull it off, but we need it so desperately. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. no Got some uh, sweet, sweet Elon Musk news for you. Oh. So basically, uh, during the Tesla's Q3 earning calls uh, last week, uh, one of the quotes was, we dug our own grave with the Cybertruck. Someone said that he was weeping on that call. Is that true? I was not on the call. so I just thought you no, might I, have heard it. No. But like someone said he was actually weeping. I, I Maybe that was just a figure of speech. Yeah, I, I have no idea. But uh, anyway, he's talking about there'll be enormous challenges in reaching volume, and there's a lot of tech in it. If you look at the spy photos of the what they call the release candidates, so there's a bunch of Cybertrucks running around, and they have RCs on them as release candidates to show people like, hey, this is what's getting close to production. Massive panel gaps and parts that are damaged and durability questions and all this kind of stuff. And it just so- looks weird with the tires on it now. For whatever reason, when we saw that three, four, five, ten years ago, whenever they debuted it, and they and he broke the window. It looked cool, and now it looks like a spaceship with BFGs. It's it doesn't the tires do not match. It's not the, the look. tires. They had a wheel cover on the concept, and now you're looking at a regular style wheel, oh. and those wheel covers aren't there to make it like a moon roverish looking oh, thing. Oh, is that it? You're right. You're absolutely right. Talking about the construction, apparently Elon sent a uh, email to the Tesla employees back in August, and it was saying that the Cybertruck, I guess, should be precisely designed as a Lego brick, which means that measurements cannot vary by more than 10 microns. That's equivalent to a one thousandth of a millimeter. So the fits that people are having, and then uh, uh, going back to the the spy photos, scratching on the finish, fingerprints all over it because of the stainless steel body uh, damage. So oh, and then there's another thing. There's uh, somebody took a video, and it has this wide red like bar that spans the rear tailgate, and then the corners are these little itty bitty square lights that are brake lights. As you're running, the whole thing is lit up as a straight line. Mm-hmm. And then when you brake, the center one goes out, the outer ones get bright, and then a third brake light comes in from the middle. So basically, the light goes away and then comes back as you brake. It looks really weird, hmm. and it could be confusing to people. And I don't know. I just What happens when you put the tailgate down? Are there LEDs for the brakes there? Because these two little itty-bitty squares don't seem like enough brake 
to me. Although I'm sure people, you can't miss a cyber truck on the road. I'm sure. No, and you know what? Listen, with the LED technology, you can have little tiny pods in there that are insanely bright. They could blind the person behind them. So I, I don't think that's going to be the issue. It just might look silly. Yeah, silly, uh, silly it does. So uh, moving on with the uh, cyber truck, uh, apparently there was some sort of a rumor that they might be pulling like an apple and having some diamond-like coating as an option on the Cybertruck to make it more resistant to scratching. You know, it's funny is that we all, not we all, many of us have stainless steel refrigerators, right? Oh, yeah. There's always fingerprints on them. Like, you just can't get rid of them. You have to buy special stainless steel protectant just to keep the kids' fingerprints off them. Can you imagine what all these trucks are going to look like? Here's me bashing the truck. Oh, dude, they're going to have a hundred deposit on the damn thing. Well, then you like, you got skin in the game. I do have skin in the game. So there like, you go. I just you're everyone's going to have to run expel on these things, right? You're going to have to have clear protectant. By the way, I I do want to follow up with uh, expel. That's on the uh, the Jeep. Yeah, because I did 300 miles of off roading through roads that hadn't been traveled on in like 50, 60 years. Listen. Look, we are not paid by Expel, but I, I'm telling you, you couldn't tell that Holman's truck has been through hell and back. Dude, I, I came home and there were scratches all over it. And within two or three days, it's like hardly anything's there. Oh, because the it's, sun baked on it's it? It's so weird. Yeah, I left it out in the driveway in the sun. And it's like, nope, now it looks great. People are like, I thought you said you'd take this off. And I'm like, look at the plastic. Look at the mirrors. Look at the fender flares. Look at my bumper. They're all scratched. Then you get to the paint and it's just like this brilliant red shininess. I'm telling you, dude, like... I'm still blown away by by that expel coating. Hey, lighting, did you hear? No, 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 no. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Apparently, uh, Rivian is going to uh, now have 410 miles of range on the R1T because of their new Max battery pack. Wow. What does that thing weigh? Let me guess. I have no idea. All in that the the Rivian's going to be 8,000 pounds. Well, right now the 135 kilowatt hour uh, battery pack is uh, 314 miles. And I guess the new one is like 149 kilowatt hours. That's a, that's a big pack. More than 400 miles. They're saying it'll be a $16,000 option over the base battery. Uh, and the midsize pack is about a $6,000 option over the uh, base battery. So... Uh, there are going to be a lot of takers that'll oh, do well. For sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I paid 30 grand extra for a V8, you know? Are you guys seeing Rivians where you are? Because we're seeing, I see two to three a day now. And again, we're California Pompuses. We usually see the cars first, but are you seeing them where you are? And if so, where are you? Hey, Lighting, did you hear? What? No. Nope. Apparently, uh, Nissan execs have uh, said that their future truck plans while speaking at the Japan Mobility Show, that was a, a week and a half or so ago, uh, will include an electrified Nissan pickup. I got a winner! Nice. So uh, I don't know what size it'll be or anything like that. Oh, but, wait, uh, hold on. Now our listeners are going, oh, Lightning's a sellout yep, for uh, for Nissan. I was wondering I t- why you said that. I take it back. I'm unhappy because Nissan's coming out with an electric truck. I just I, I like anyway, Nissan. They support us. So uh, Nissan uh, said in the automotive news, uh, this was from uh, Ivan Espinosa, one thing you can be sure about is we're going to keep investing in the truck segment. And I know there's some concern because the Titan goes away after this year. Uh, and so he said, uh, how do we evolve is the question that we're discussing internally. Eventually, we will have to electrify the truck. So it sounds like it would be something that maybe is a follow-on to the current generation Frontier, or maybe it'll be a smaller truck. Toyota has shown recently a Maverick-size EV pickup as well. So uh, a lot of interesting things happening uh, in the truck space still. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? No. 
Nope. So apparently, according to a report from the Wall Street Journal, uh, Rivian could possibly be losing up to $33,000 on every single vehicle it sells. <laughs> Which is a lot of... Ooh. A lot of cash. I wish I had the money from two vehicles that they sold. That would be great. You you mean the loss? The loss. Yeah, I wish right. that came into our account mm-hmm. yeah. because they yeah. could they could do a lot worse. They could lose thirty three thousand dollars on the show and and uh, advertise. Anyway, Rivian reported that the thirty three thousand ish figure as part of its uh, Q two twenty twenty three financial reports and letter to shareholders. Uh, says they brought in an impressive $1.121 billion in revenue in the second quarter. But they lost how much? Uh, $3 billion? $32,595 on each vehicle, according to this. And uh, But they did manage to get 12,640 vehicles to customers, which is pretty impressive for are one quarter. Are they all in Orange County, California? <laughs> well, they are based here. So. so they are looking to the engineers to scrutinize the manufacturing process, and they want to cut roughly... $40,000 off each uh, per unit cost. Uh, that would bring the Rivian quarterly performance into the black. But that is a lot. And already the least expensive R1T is uh, just under $80,000. So it's wow. not like there's really a lot of room to make the vehicles more expensive. Like you can't say, oh, well, the base model is now $110,000, right? You just aren't going to sell in the volumes you need to sell. So, I mean, that's one of the things about starting a business. There's like this thing where you're like, I can't go anymore on price, but I can't make any more on what I'm doing. And if I cut costs, it, the, the vehicle you know value goes down or perceived value of the customer. It's a Venn diagram, dude. Man, it's hard. It's uh, it's not for the not for the week. That's for sure. So uh, anyway, the Wall Street uh, Journal continued that uh, for the first six months of 2023, ending on June 30th, the company has quote unquote blown through half. Of its $18 billion cash pile. Oh, come on. And at the end of the first half of this year, Rivian says they got about $9.26 billion on hand. Wow. That's a lot of... That's a... That's... That, wow. That hurts to say out loud. <laughs> and, like, Tesla's doing it. Like, isn't Tesla... Well, I don't know. Hold on. I don't know this at all. Is Tesla cash positive? I have no idea. They're privately owned, so there's... there's yeah, I guess we wouldn't you, know. You wouldn't know. Oh, wait a minute. No, they're not. They're public. No, they're not. Tesla? Yeah, you can buy Tesla stock. Oh, all right. Well, go look it up. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll get back to you on that. (laughs) Sure you will. (laughs) You'll you'll forget, and we'll never never go back to the subject uh, ever again. Maybe we will someday. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, so that's... uh, that's some, that's some Rivian news. suckage for uh, Rivian, I got to tell you that. That's tough, man. So here's a couple other- uh, Bob, e- what'd you do today? You're in the Rivian accounting department. Yeah, I lost $18 uh, billion. Oh. <laughs> so I know you guys are probably sick of the EV stuff, but there's some interesting stuff. Uh, there's potentially a Rivian R1T that's coming with a 1,000 horsepower trim in 2024. So that that can't make you mad. Oh but, my God. Yeah, right? 1,000 It's already like 834 or something like that. I drove that thousand horsepower Wrangler at yeah, America's Most Wanted. So different. That feels that and sounds no, good feel, and all that stuff. It no, feels amazing. No, 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 no. I'm gonna say it, it tickles it, you from the inside. That, it it doesn't. That. Yeah, because the Rivian could have a thousand, could have two thousand horsepower. It's just gonna feel like a roller coaster. It's gonna be fairly silent. Well, a roller coaster without the kids screaming, right? right. It's just gonna. It, whereas your Jeep with a thousand horsepower, that's like you feel it. It rumbles. It screams. Awesome. Have you driven a vehicle with 1,000 horsepower, no. electric or gas? No, never. Okay. Setting up your uh, level of expertise on your explanation. No, no I, I'm just going off what how you've described the 1,000 horsepower Jeep. That's awesome. And, I'm, and I've been in a Rivian with you nailing the throttle, 
and it's cool, but you're you mostly hear the tires going. It's weird and not. I've been this in a different. Tesla Plaid and it makes me ill. Yeah, it's, that's that that does happen. Uh, all right, a couple more EV stories, then I swear I'll stop talking about EVs. But there's so much stuff going on. So GM's electric pickup truck. They were supposed to be expanding production, and it sounds like uh, they're delaying it by a year because of what they said, quote-unquote, evolving EV demand. I believe it. they were trying to um, – it's supposed to be built at maybe where the Bolt is being built at, and so that they were going to um, retool that plant for the uh, Silverado EV and Sierra EV, and then other vehicles that are on that Ultium platform. And now it's going to be delayed by one year. So what's interesting about that is what exactly do they mean by evolving EV demand? And so they don't necessarily say what That's it is. That's a nice spin on diminished demand. Okay. So Reduced Detroit demand. News said that uh, General Motors uh, today confirmed it will retime the conversion of its Orion assembly plant to late 2025 to better manage capital investment while aligning with evolving EV demand. That's such an interesting... Uh, uh, way of saying Why can't it. they say slowing? Well, of course, I know well, why they can't say slowing. But then check this out. It's suicide. Ford withdrew its 2023 forecast due to higher losses on EVs. Wow. That's a pretty big deal for when you uh, when you have a forecast. You go, ah, we're going to pull that back. Ford said its EV unit posted a higher than expected loss in earnings before interest in taxes of $1.3 billion. They got nothing on Rivian. Uh, the company has forecast a full year loss of $4.5 billion for Ford's Model E unit, which is the EV division of the automaker. That is nuts. Now, the revenue rose 11% to $44 billion at a profit of $1.2 billion compared with a, a year earlier loss of $827 million. So, And then, as if that's not enough, Ford also said they'll be uh, cutting F-150 Lightning factory shifts. Uh, it's quote-unquote emblematic of changing EV demand. <laughs> so, I mean, we've talked about it. I think the early adopters all got their vehicles and everybody else is like, that's cool, bro. I'm I'm sticking with gas. Mm-hmm. And I think consumers are starting to speak and nothing speaks like money does. And I think that if EV continues to have the wrap that the infrastructure is not ready or the vehicles aren't going to fit your need and the massive automakers who employ hundreds of thousands of people in this country and create hundreds of billions of dollars in tax revenue start to falter, you're going to see some massive policy changes real fast. And uh, it's, it's interesting to see how a lot of, uh, a lot of people are starting to respond. Just in, uh, Average people at a coffee shop or at the bar, there's so much discussion around EV, and it's interesting to listen to what people are saying. But Ford has keeps adjusting the lighting prices. You know, Jim Farley, the CEO of Ford, talked about his cross-country trip and how it definitely wasn't as easy you know, infrastructure-wise as, as he had expected. And then on top of that, if you remember, there was a, uh, a company that was called Volta, and they did like, a, like delivery trucks. They uh, are now bankrupt. Hmm. And then Proterra, who was doing batteries, uh, also filed for bankruptcy. So what's going to happen with that San Francisco company that was doing autonomous uh, like taxi oh, cruise cruise? cruise yeah. Well, they just got their license yanked. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's not going to be good for them. So uh, anyway, a lot of stuff going on in the truck world, and it's crazy because I feel like every day there's just the news is all over the place of what's next and who's doing what and all the stuff. So uh, hey, lighting. Uh, did I, you... I'd like to see the EV stuff kind of dialed back. You know, just 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 dial it back a little. No, bit. No, no, no. I, I I'd like to see the EV stuff offered, and. 
Not forced. Yeah, not shoved down our throats. Yeah. So I'm driving yesterday morning, and I look over in the carpool lane, and it's a dude in his Tesla. Okay, no big deal. Except for the fact that he's looking down, and he's reading a goddamn book. He's reading a book. Now, I get that it's, that's okay, and there's it'll steer, but I had a visceral reaction. I was... I had so much disdain for this dude. You're jealous. I was not jealous. I don't want to read. Maybe someday I'll read. I'll read you on a, a nap. train. I do want to nap. And yeah, a lot see? of people napping. How are you going to feel? I want to hear from you guys on the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. What is your feel? You're going to see this. I can promise you. You're going to see a dude or a girl in a Tesla, and they're going to be doing something. They're going to be. She's going to be putting up her lipstick. He's going to be reading. He's going to have his laptop People, What are you open? talking about? People what? do that now all no, over the place. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's SoCal pompousness. No, no, no. It's not. No, it's not happening No, it is happening. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I've seen it in Michigan. I've seen it in Chicago. You're talking I, about, no, this is not in, in, in the heartland. Let's, 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 guys, dude, just, just go. Like, no, listen, people, autopilot is not new. People who buy Teslas buy autopilot so they can do things other than driving. I think we're on the risk of sounding pompous, seeing that everyone has seen this. I don't think they have. I didn't say everyone has seen it. I say, I'm saying it's not a, it's not new. It's happening everywhere already and has been for the last four or five years since they came out with autopilot. I've never seen a dude reading a freaking book. I've seen people sleeping while driving their Teslas or sitting in the driver's seat. I haven't. I, I haven't. And I look at every person on the road. That's my thing. I really enjoy just like scoping people thing. out. It's weird. I roll up in a car and I try to predict who's driving it. I'm like, what kind of person is driving it? Man, woman... Whatever, like truckshowpodcast at gmail.com for your weird road trip games. I want to find You commuting out. and you do something weird to pass the time <laughs> other than listen to this podcast. We want to know. I, I'm dying to know what you guys would think. What would your reaction be when you look to your left and there's a dude sleeping, reading a book, smoking weed? What is he doing? I Would you react like I was angry? I was seriously angry. Like, drive your f-ing car. Nope. He's just chilling, reading a book. All right. Lighting, did you hear? No. Nope. Chevy Tahoe and Suburban are dominating the full-size uh, category mm-hmm. to the tune of, what do you think their uh, percentage of uh, market share is? The percentage of market share of, of SUVs? Of full-size SUVs. Full-size SUVs. Tahoe and Suburban market share of SUVs, 30%. 30% of all SUVs. That would be a lot, right? Tahoe and Suburban... Not talking about the GMC counterparts, 43%. Oh, my God. And the UAW just said, we're closing down your plant. So that's got to hurt the general oh big time. Oh, Lord. I'm a fan of the top. Oh, yeah. oh it is a great. It's, it's great. The, uh, the new generation is, is really good. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? No, 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 no. No, negative, sir. Apparently, about uh, four months ago, the world-famous Oscar Mayer Wienermobile was renamed the Frankmobile. Oh, no. Oh, no. Although, it's kind of so bad that it's good, in a way. So, keeping in that theme, uh, Stephen Williams from Autoblog uh, is now our new pun king for the week. And I think that should be a... Uh, you stealing that from me? I th- yeah, I think he, uh, that should be a weekly feature of whoever could be the punniest. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> this whole article, uh, the subhead is, it was dogged by complaints after the name change. Hold on. Dogged. Uh, he says the Wiener Mobile was renamed the Frank Mobile only four months ago, but the meat maker, caving to <laughs> pressure from the hot doggers, uh-huh. uh, those who drive the thing, have reverted back to the original name of Wiener Mobile. And 
He says, apparently the company was reluctant at that time to let sleeping dogs lie. Oh, come <laughs> on. No, it gets better. No. Yeah, it gets better. <laughs> says, uh, others, however, expressed the same sentiment expressed by Clark Gable to Vivian Lee in A Gone with the Wind. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. He really went far for that. The original Wienermobile dates back to 1936 when Carl Mayer told his uncle Oscar about a new advertising idea. That was uh, a literal marketing vehicle for the company. So today, Oscar Mayer maintains six of the 23-foot-long uh, vehicles. They're on converted Chevy chassis with a 300-horsepower uh, Vortec V8. It was designed by the General Body Company of Chicago. And uh, he he ends the uh, the thing with, although there was once a rumor that the Tumsmobile would be built as a chase car, that idea never got off the back burner. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I figured you'd appreciate that. Uh, Lighting, did you hear? Man, you got news. No. No, I haven't heard. Uh, Nissan Frontier to tackle 500 miles of uh, off-road racing in mostly stock form. So if you've heard of Formula Drift Driver, uh, three-time champion Chris Forsberg, who's yep. usually doing a uh, uh, sideways stunts in a 1,300-horsepower 23 Nissan Z, he's going to be at the Nora 500 in a really awesome-looking uh, Baja-out Frontier. Oh, Nismo. That's cool. So... Uh, we'll we'll wish him luck on that and uh, and see how he does. But uh, I thought he's that was a good driver. Cool. I'd be interested to learn what kind of off road experience he has. But uh, I do know that he's well revered in the drift circuit. Well, Nissan will be uh, at SEMA uh, also apparently in uh, West Hall. And according to the article, after the race, Nissan plans to park it uh, alongside his uh, Z, the V8 powered Frontier. I'm guessing that we saw last year, and a 2,000 horsepower Altima. Uh, dubbed the uh, Altamaniac. So uh, should be some cool stuff in the Nissan booth over uh, at SEMA. So we'll be sure to uh, swing by and uh, check them out, and we'll let you know how the uh, Frontier did in the race. And uh, last but not least, Lightning, did you hear? How about new? Nope. One of the uh, sad, sad stories of the uh, cancellation of uh, Stellantis at SEMA means that the cool Ram 2500 that they put a bunch of renderings out will not be shown at the show this year. So we were imagining uh, that it was a Ram HD Rebel, sort of what the rendering looks like. Um, and so uh, they had, it looked like it had some off-road chops uh, increased even more to be more like a power wagon with some cool graphics. And we were excited to talk about it. And now we won't from SEMA. We'll have to wait for the press release to come out and not see this awesome truck in person. So that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it is. I, I was actually looking forward to that. All right, let's change topics. You guys have been on freaking fire. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but you lit up the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. You guys left some messages. Oh, come on and be part of the show. Call the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. It's the Five Star Hotline! Five Star Hotline! Hey, Jabooly and Fruit Pants. This is <laughs> Seth Anderson from Chicago. I've uh, emailed y'all a few times. This is my first time calling. Uh, I was just listening to the uh, CRV versus Mini debate, and I think there's two points to be made here. So... Holman got a Honda CRV from mom and dad, and he likes to poke fun at the fact that I had a Mini Cooper, and I think the CRV is way, way lamer, uh, I, 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 way lamer than a you're Mini. You're being a uh, historical revisionist. My mm. daughter got a CRV from my mom and dad, 
and I've been driving it. Yours was your daily driver, was your mini that you were proud of and you loved. You were so, you were like so braggadocious about it's your awesome. CRV. It's awesome. I dig it. But okay, well, the difference is it's my make, kid's car nope, versus the mini that nope. you called your daily driver for like yours. eight years. If you're going to be like own it like that, mm -hmm. then it's yours. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's whether you're arguing over the cool factor or the practicality factor. Practicality, CRV. Cool factor, mini. Supercharged mini is way cooler than a CRV. But it doesn't hold as much stuff. Barely so hold lightning. Practicality, <laughs> CRV all day. If you want a cool car, CRV is not it. So this doesn't really settle your argument because uh, y'all are never going to agree. But I think that's the way to uh, just kind of put this argument to rest. Is that they're good at different things. Y'all keep up the great work and uh, mount to those parameters. Bye. Nope, we like to argue. Yep. Hey, boys, it's Kevin Hart from Texas again. I'm, tell you what, uh, so glad that I could bring some hate and discontent in the, uh, <laughs> the old pod shed over there with the CRV and Mini Cooper, uh, not PT Cruiser talk. Thanks, Sean, for that correction. Uh, hey, low suckage on this last episode, boys. Uh, Y'all had me rolling, and that bit at the end, lightning with the music. Man, I'll tell you what, y'all keep up the good work. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Have fun. <laughs> Tuesday morning. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you, Kevin Hart from Texas. Yep. He's referring to a uh, the nugget. You know, if you guys listen past our uh, kind of uh, sponsor plugs at the very end, I like to drop some uh, Easter eggs at the very end of the show. And the one he's talking about was a CRV song that I think you would, should go back and listen to. Lightning, you stand your ground, brother. The mini is about... 3,782% cooler than any RAV4 CRV crossover mommy mobile ever made. You cannot drive a Mini and come away without a grin. Those things are a riot. RAV4 CRV whatever thing. I, I mean, I uh, like a moped. It just you don't want to be seen <laughs> in that thing. No, no. Just you're 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 right on this one a thousand percent. You stand your ground. That's all I've got for you. I would like to note that on October 26th at 9:10 p.m., Lightning was judged uh, the winner and correct by one listener. Woo! Yeah, it feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. Now you now you get to know how I feel. It's like once for every ten of your wins. Hey, Jay, or Lightning and Homeless. <laughs> That's Mike Boyle. I just started listening to the latest episode and had to call in. If you hadn't figured it out by now, Jay got played by his wife. She didn't want that Range Rover to begin with. She wanted the golf cart. You know, start high and game low. <laughs> she just played him for that golf cart. That was all that she wanted in the first place. Talk to you later. Five stars. That's awesome. It's true. She didn't. Uh, she didn't get the golf cart yet. But, did you uh, get any listeners emailing you on their oh, golf? You guys are weak sauce. Wow. How, does, how does someone not have like an uncle who lives on a golf course who's trying to liquidate an old golf cart? I mean, come on, guys. And by the way, thanks for the five stars. Five star review. Five stars. Lightning at truckshowpodcast.com If you have a golf cart you'd like to unload. Lightning home and Colby here again. Hopefully this message isn't as long as my last one. But I'm listening to this episode, and uh, I I'm not a Star Wars nerd. I'm not a Marvel nerd. But, Lightning, you're, you're like, 
Oh, are you watching the new Star Wars? Uh, the new season of Loki just came out, man. There's a lot of good Star Wars. Like, you you do know like Loki is not part of Star Wars. It's the Marvel Cinematic. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Just trying to help you out. Uh, no, it's funny. It's when I was editing the show, I realized that I go, I don't care. Yeah, no, it's not at all. <laughs> not at all. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. I don't mind. I'm see. I'm I'm okay with being wrong. No, I I, I know. <laughs> hey, it's Corey Zerman calling you from a 5088 combine harvesting corn here in Central Illinois. Good show. I enjoy it. Let's do it every Monday. I got about five shows before I complete them all. You guys have a great day. Well, do just phoned in with a with a compliment. Thank you, and uh, we appreciate you listening. Six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. And while we're talking about that. Most of you people are on Facebook. Please pick your favorite episode and share it to Facebook. That's the way we're going to grow and let your friends know that you're listening to this podcast. And yes, they'll think that your judgment is a little suspect, but please do share the show. Hey, it's Corey again. It's not my 5088. It's my buddy's 5088. I help him farm. and I have a full-time job welding John Deere parts. Even though I'm in a case combine. <laughs> and five stars, mounted parameters, and Emmy Hill. Five star review! Five stars! monitor, key engine parameters. So funny how he's uh, realized he's kind of embarrassed to be in a 588. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Lightning and Holman. Justin Cox from Chico. Hey, I finally caught up. I've listened to every single episode of the Truck Show podcast. I started listening to you guys in, like, February. Apparently, I drive too much because I caught up already. Dang. Um, so now i got to wait weekly. Um, I was just listening to Speed School with uh, Gail Banks after that, and I already listened to all of his episodes this week. Oh, my God. Dang. Um, do you know if he's coming out with new episodes? Dude, you're an animal. Yeah, he is. Freaking animal. No, Gail is not coming out with new episodes Right now. Right now. Right now. We did build a badass studio, so I've got all the gear, and I'm hoping to fire the podcast back up, but not yet. Lightning, it's awesome that you helped him with that, because that was an awesome, awesome podcast. That dude is a he's a national national treasure. Um, uh, I don't know. He, I just listened to the last four episodes with him and Walt Ware. Walt's also a and, national treasure. Uh, Man, I don't know if they just got worn out after doing four episodes straight, but uh, he hasn't been. I haven't. Don't see any more episodes. So if there's any more coming out, let me know. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, I listened to. Also listened to the classic four x four podcast. I listened to Dan Hayes's podcast, and uh, I'm gonna have to find a couple more. And uh, yeah, so if any of your listeners have suggestions, like you asked for a while back, I'm looking for more podcasts. Keep it up. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Yeah, you know what? Uh, we're all about that. We have podcast is a great uh, community of uh, creators, and we consider ourselves a part of that. So if you guys have your favorite podcast that you like to listen to, I think I told you guys, for me, I really love Business Wars uh, from Wondery. Uh, it's like Coke versus Pepsi and Mattel versus Hasbro and Southwest versus uh, JetBlue and like all these great corporate battles and things like that. Um, I really like that one. Mike Rowe, uh, the way I heard it, is is a great one. Does anyone have a better voice than Mike Rowe on the planet? Mike, Mike Rowe's the best. I guess James Earl Jones, and that's about it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so I mean, those those are a couple of them on mine um, that I really enjoy listening to. Uh, Revisionist History is, a, is another one. So there, there's so many good things out there. It's like I don't have 
enough time in my own life to do my own podcast, let alone listen to them. So I'm way behind, but I'm jealous for you guys that are on the road because there's so many good points of view to soak in and so much information that you never probably ever knew about. If you're into music, check out Dissect. It's a Spotify exclusive, Dissect. And they take one song and they completely pull it apart and they analyze every bit of that song like they're doing a Radiohead right now. And if you're into Radiohead, you know, big 90s and 2000s alternative act, you just can't believe how deep they go on a single song. It's wild. And uh, so anyway, you got to be really into music. But if you are, dissect. I was also going to throw up uh, Dorkamotive uh, from our buddy Brian Loans. And then oh, yeah, Brian good. Loans and David Freiberger are launching through Motor Trend a new podcast. Strangely enough. We're not uh, talking about that one. The Hot Rod Podcast. Nope, so if you're that cars, does not exist. Uh, and then another one I really like for you uh, aviation buffs is Inside Skunk Works. It's a, a show that was put out by Lockheed Martin, and it interviews a bunch of people, the culture uh, that was behind you know, uh, things like the SR-71 and stuff like that. So that's a pretty cool podcast. They have some really cool, insightful things of how they choose people to, uh, to work for them that are kind of uh, match the culture. So anyway. Those are a few of my own favorites. If you guys have favorites, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. 657-205-6105 is the five-star hotline. We implore you to call and leave us a message. 657-205-6105. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. And we got a ton of uh, emails. We got to catch up, but it won't be until after SEMA. So if you've emailed us uh, and we haven't gotten to it, don't worry, we will. Uh, but it's going to be a busy couple of weeks. Please, please, please share your favorite episode on Facebook uh, and then tag us at Truck Show Podcast. Of course, uh, you can follow Lightning and I at Sean P. Holman at LBC Lightning. And we'd love for you guys to leave a review. We haven't had any uh, reviews in uh, in a few weeks. So uh, load, uh, load up Apple with reviews so that we can uh, read your funny comments about how much we suck on the air. <laughs> now, you can say how much we suck. Just make sure there's uh, five illuminated stars at the top of your review. I mean, you could talk about the suckage, but like do it with some humor. We don't want people who are reading them to go, oh, I'm not going to listen to this. Yeah, this, these They're guys crappy. suck. No, I mean, do it with some, you know, tongue-in-cheekness. All right, uh, and we also want to remind you, if you are going to SEMA, please come by the EGR booth, uh, and that will be on uh, Thursday, uh, November 1st, and that'll be uh, from 2 to 4 o'clock. We'll be doing a live podcast inside the EGR USA booth, and then uh, if you happen to be there on... Well, let me, let's, let's finish that out. So they're going to be in the West Hall, right in the middle of West Hall. That's like all the truck stuff. And if you're if you're into trucks like we are, it's, it's that's your mecca. I, I said uh, November first, uh, Thursday, November second. That will be at the EGR booth, and then on Halloween, on October thirty first, I will be doing a, a talk, uh, moderating a, a panel for Tora, which is the Truck and Off Road Alliance for SEMA, talking to some premier shops in the country about uh, how to be successful and their challenges and things like that. So. If if you're at SEMA, they're free. Uh, feel free to come uh, come find us. I believe it's uh, room N258, mm-hmm. and that's on uh, Tuesday, October 31st uh, in uh, North Hall, right between North Hall and Central Hall where the meeting halls are upstairs. And I uh, would love to meet some of our Truck Show Podcast listeners. And if you happen to see me, I will have some stickers on me, and I'll be bringing those, and we'll hand them out uh, gladly to anybody who uh, does that. And don't forget... Gail Banks doing signings in the Amsoil booth, and also our friend Scott Birdsall doing signings mm-hmm. in the Amsoil booth. Please, if you could show proof that you hug Scott Birdsall and whisper in his ear, the Truck Show <laughs> podcast sent me. They're not going to do that. 
They're just not. We will give you a t-shirt. Fine, but they're not going to do it. It doesn't matter. They're Some, just not somebody's going to do it. Gonna do it. One do, person will try. I'll do no, it. No, it's it, he will hug you anyway gladly. Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah. So, if you're curious what a $300,000 1966 Chevy C20 looks like, do come by the Amsoil booth. Was that a, a Chevy or paperweight? It's uh, mostly paperweight <laughs> at this moment. Yes, but I, it, I can't wait to see that thing pretty, move under its own power at it some has. point. It has. I've been in it. It's pretty badass. If only you wouldn't have broken it the first time. Yeah. It would still be running today. But do, do stop by. <laughs> I, I got to tell you the story. Oh, you got another one. So a friend of mine from high school uh, DM'd me and says, hey, my father uh, has an illness and it's kind of serious. This is awkward, Jay, but he's always wanted to go to the SEMA show. And he's not in any industry. He's just a huge fan and he's a hot rodder. Is there any way that you can get SEMA passes? And I'm racking my brain going, oh, well, I mean, our bank's allocation is totally full. I don't... <sighs> So I go, I guess I'm going to reach out to Mike Spagnola, who's just in, president of SEMA. And I reach out and it says, hey, I explain the situation. So Mike Spagnola, the president of SEMA, emails my buddy and his father, inviting them personally to the SEMA show. Dude, that's awesome. Mike, Mike's the man. He's he's such a good dude. It just, it's, it's that was, uh, it's a really cool warm and fuzzy. I haven't seen these these guys in years and I'm excited. And Hopefully not only do they get to go to the SEMA show, but you can buy them a beer and uh, and catch up. That'd absolutely, be pretty cool. absolutely. So anyway, big shout to Mike for, for making a guy's dream come true. It's been on his bucket list apparently since he was a kid. So super, super cool. Thanks again, Mike. So listen, guys, we didn't do this because we thought it would matter to you. We did it because it was sort of a one-way portal of us talking about trucks, doing something we thought would be fun to people. And then all of a sudden... A lot of you guys have become our friends. We get regular emails. We know a lot of you in person. We've met you. You've become part of our extended family. Uh, the fact that you appreciate what we do uh, just drives us to do it more. So whether you're towing a, a trailer cross country, you made your day shorter, you're having a crappy day, and you went out and thought, oh, I'll listen to the podcast, and Lightning and I arguing made you chuckle, and we made it a little bit better, or you got to hang out with your dad some more, or, or whatever the case may be. Or you laughed be. at us because we're losers. All of it. We just want to say thank you, and we sincerely appreciate you guys for uh, for sticking with us for so long and, uh, and being part of the Truck Show Podcast family. Six years, dude. Dude, oh, I, I, one, one quick thing. We'll have him on the show after SEMA, but I want to do a, a shout out to Dave Graham, who is a listener who has professional social media experience, who stepped up and said, guys, I would love to help you with your social media. So if you guys are on our socials, you'll notice there's a lot more engagement. Uh, Dave's part of the team. We'll introduce you uh, to him on a future show, but we just wanted to say thanks because uh, there's a lot going on and we try to keep up and we can't always do it. And to have somebody... Uh, who can keep that interaction up. Dave, and, sit down. They can't see past you. Hey, sit, Dave, sit down. Okay, thanks. All right, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, introduce you guys to Dave Graham. He's he's awesome. He's been helping us out on social. You'll see more of him on uh, online and, and all that stuff. So, I mean, this is this is the community of the Structural Podcast. Love all you guys, and we appreciate it. So thank you uh, so much. And we're going to be headed off to SEMA. Uh, we've got a, a few things we got to do, like uh, thank Nissan for being our presenting sponsor. We'll be sure to go by their booth in the West Hall. We'll mm-hmm. check out the uh, the V8 Frontier, the Frontier that just finished Baja. The, uh, what is it, 1,000 horsepower? uh Altomaniac is yep. that? What, oh. Is that the one that Forsberg's driving? Uh, no, he's got the Z. I think oh, the Z. That's his, right, his yeah. Z's going to be okay. in in the uh, in the booth as well. So we'll go over there. Uh, Nissan Frontier, great midsize truck. If you're looking for a brand new truck, put the Nissan Frontier, the Nissan Titan or Titan XD on your on your wish list. If 
you are looking for a truck, at least go drive it. I think you will be super impressed. And the Titan and Titan XD come with the industry's best five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Again, you can head on down to your local Nissan dealer or to NissanUSA.com where you can build and price the truck of your dreams. And speaking of SEMA, Mr. Gail Banks will be signing autographs Tuesday and Wednesday in the Amzoil booth. Two sessions, 10 to noon and then 1 to 3 on Tuesday. And then uh, I think 1 or 2, 2 to 4 in the afternoon on Wednesday. Come by, get an autograph. I've got Lockjaw stickers. I have Truck Show podcast stickers. I have a question. Yep. How many eye dashes will I see if I poke my head inside the cab of Lockjaw? Four. That's all? I mean, what you, that's all. There's Week four. Week. They're, they're all data loggers. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on in that truck. You need If you had the fifth one, you wouldn't have gotten the metal in the fuel. I don't think <laughs> that the iDash has anything to do with metal shavings in Well, that the should be iDash 2.0. That's uh, That should be the next one. iDash 2.0 is coming. Oh, But tell, I don't want to tell, tell any. No, not going to. Nope. I can't share uh, anything about it. I know a little bit about it. I've been waiting. It's going to be good. But I don't want to talk people out of buying the iDash 1 because it's freaking awesome. Because iDash 2.0 is eight years away from now. It's not that far. It's not. I've seen it. I've held it in my hand. It's cool. But the iDash 1, the one that you have in your Jeep, uh-huh. still impressive. Yeah. Does a lot. I'm going to replace it with the 2.0. We record, as soon as I can. We <laughs> records up to 100 parameters at 20 samples per second. So anything you're looking at on the iDash or anything you can think of that's running in the background, any pressure, temp, speed, boost air density, manifold air density, levels of your, your fuel tank, or unit def level, regen status, all that stuff. It's all displayed and logged on the bank's iDash. Don't anyway, forget you can clear codes too. You can, oh well, it's diagnosed. It does everything that every OBD reader does, and then a whole nother layer of patented stuff. So go over to the Amazon booth if you get a chance, and just ask Gail about the iDash, and he'll just light up. He'll just beam because it's his favorite product. Just tell him you have five in your uh, in your vehicle. He won't believe you. <laughs> I mean, right. you can daisy chain up to six together, but I think that's like data overload at that point. But also awesome. Yeah. So uh, speaking of iDash, I uh, was in 100 degree weather climbing a grade and I had it flash and because I have my uh, maximum uh, warnings. Yeah. Would you say like your coolant's like 240? Uh, coolant, no. Coolant is 250 because okay. they run pretty warm. Uh, can run pretty warm. They're usually in that 230 to 250 range. So oil? Uh, and oil I have at uh, 260. And uh, 261, 262, mm-hmm. 263, and then the fan kicked it, and then it dropped, and I was like, you know, I was I was just cruise control, 75, thin air, higher altitude, yep. really hot, and I watched those, but all the gauges on the dash- They all flash. They, they know. All, every one of them was normal range, normal, normal, oh, normal. Oh, normal. Oh, I thought you said an alert went off. On the iDash. Yeah. Oh, oh on your no, no, dashboard. No, no, on the dashboard. Oh, so you're- So su- I wouldn't have known unless I was watching in off-road mode where it has all the individual dials for temp, but just the bar graphs, everything's normal. Now, that is normal for that engine. Uh, the synthetic oil doesn't break down until around 290 to 300. You don't want to be anywhere near that, but 260 is not uncommon. 264. Now, if you old, own an old car, you're going, what the F, Right. But on the new ones, they run hotter for emissions. And so you, I, in my mind, I'm going, well, the dash says normal, but I'm really uncomfortable with 261, 262. So anyway, I wouldn't have known that or had that kind of anxiety if it weren't for the iDash. <laughs> it brings you anxiety. Dude, the, the diesel guys say, so you don't drive diesel. The diesel guys love so the, the, the iDash turned into a giant plug for iDash, but like the iDash will go in anything, a- any Honda, any, any, it'll go in a freaking CRV, right? It'll go in a Mini Cooper, it'll go in a diesel pickup truck, Ram, whatever. 
the diesel guys love it because it shows all the emission stuff that Ram, Ford, and GM don't want you to see. So the guy's like, oh my gosh, I only got 300 miles between regens. Another guy's like, I got 800 miles between regens. And they all go, they guys fight it go, out they over fight the it internet. out on Facebook. Yeah. It's amazing. So, and like, they don't want you to see it. That's not, that's why it's not on the dashboard. But guess what? The iDash displays it. All right. Uh, you can find out more about the iDash or see if they have an application for your vehicle at no, bigspower.com. No, they don't have to. The iDash is for all the cars and trucks. All right. Everything. iDash for everyone. Bigspower.com. Okay. Uh, we got to thank uh, Helwig because without them, you will have the saggy bottom blues on your truck. And as your iDash is pointing out that you're pulling 280 degrees of engine oil temp up the grade and your rear is sparking because the, uh, sparking. the your loads are uh, <laughs> way too much for your stock leaf springs to handle, you want to check out uh, the Helwig helper springs. They'll help level your load. And if you've got a sliding camper or a rooftop 10 or a rack system or anything that has a higher center of gravity or just a stock truck that doesn't have a rear sway bar, in the case of uh, the Ram TRX that, that Lightning owns, you'll want to check out Helwig Sway Bars. Their sway bars will help you control your load. No more white-knuckle rides. If your truck or your tow vehicle teeter-totters, Helwig products can help alleviate all that unwanted body roll and make your next road trip smoother and more confident and less fatiguing for the driver. Helwig products are made in the USA. They have been since 1946, and they've got all sorts of new applications coming, like the Bronco. So, so check out helwigproducts.com and uh, figure out which application they have for your truck. We're telling you, we've been Hellwig Sway Bar users for a long time. It's a fantastic product that will transform your ride. Hey guys, it's Miles, your producer here. Yeah. I just got a collect call from Rivian. They requested that you stop talking about them. <laughs> collect. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, dang. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Truck Famous LLC. This podcast was created by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please open your Apple Podcast or Spotify app and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan, there's no better way to show your support than by patronizing our sponsors. Some vehicles may have been harmed during the making of this podcast. SEMA's in less than 48 hours. Check-ins. I've gotten 10 hours of sleep in the past four or five days. I consume enough caffeine to kill a small man. Um, there's like six fabricators here. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. I'm trying to compose myself and get back to work, but also trying not to collapse. Because I'm going to be here all night. Okay. I'm going to finish eating.